three, two, one. Hey there, the Trail Show. This is uh, Bear <laughs> here. Um, I just uh, I heard my cousin had been on here, and uh, you know I was just reaching out. I haven't seen the family in a while. I got uh, relocated after they caught me uh, back in the dumpster behind the McDonald's, and uh, yeah, it's been tough out here. So. Anyways, I hope everybody's doing great. Peace and grubs. Peace and grubs. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that you know Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Salida, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show. I'm sitting here in our Chafee County studios looking at the northernmost peak in the Sangre de Cristo mountain range, people. The Trail Show is the longest running hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over 1 million times in 150 plus countries across the globe we are on air on demand and heard worldwide wherever you download your favorite podcasts and at the trailshow.com all right in light of recent events related to the coronavirus outbreak we are respecting the social distancing recommendation this evening and are doing an all call-in show tonight that's right we will be taking or i'm sorry we will be talking to a bunch of guests and our fellow co-host, D'Lo and Spesh, via Skype. Only P.U.D. and I are in studio this evening. And we are six feet apart. We are. Uh, this is a unique and unprecedented situation, but it's going to be a fun show. That's right. So, what is on the menu this evening? Uh, we are going to do Trail News with Special. We're going to do a Trail of the Month uh, with Mr. Enigma, uh, the Trans-Caucasian Trail. And... We have a pretty cool interview that we recorded actually at the Ruck last weekend, uh, the Colorado Ruck with Kevin Weber of Four Points Bars. Uh, we mentioned them before, uh, Four Points. I've gone on and on about them in the past because um, they're amazing. We have some mail bag items. We got some donors. Um, we might do iTunes Top 5 if The Onion is listening. Uh, we also have, uh, we're going to Skype in D-Lo for Ask a Hiker. We're going to take a couple breaks. And we have a ton of Trail Show hotline calls. Thank you, Trail Show Nation. And um, What's we, up, Trail Show? We have a uh, media review that we're going to call in uh, Squatch to talk to us about Ireland. Squatch. That's it. We kind of pared things down a little bit. Uh, because of it's just you and I here. So. Yeah, but we got all the But we still segments. have fun, people, okay? We're not that boring. Yeah, and we're drinking beers. That's right. Should we get yeah, into... Yeah, let's get uh, into the beers. And now it's time for... Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. Dilo, take it away. As usual, 
Delo's not here at the start of the show. In this case, he won't be here at the end of the no. show either. But no. so we have a uh, dedicated fan in Florida listener who Florida Florida who sent us not only uh, four different kinds of beer, but also one grapefruit mm. that was delicious. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the Margarita Goes. It's refreshingly tart. This is from Cigar City. Hey, now. Um, they also make my favorite, the White Cracker. Um, mm-hmm. It's good. It, it's pretty It's pretty tart, uh, but it's it's really delicious. Um, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the El Camino Haze from Funky Buddha Brewery out of Oakland Park, Florida. This is a delicious, hazy-style India Pale Ale coming in at 7.3 ABVs. I'm glad I'm not driving anywhere after the show. The IBUs are off the charts. I don't know how much they are. The back of the can says hazy, juicy, and tropical. And I would agree with all that. Uh, we He also sent us from Cigar City. I'm most excited about this one, actually. The Wedge Cut American Wheat Ale with Lemon Peel, mm. uh, brewed with lemon drop hops. I want a sip of that later. Yep. Whether you're slicing lemons, a golf ball, or the end of a cigar, P.S. Watch the clip about Conan... Um, trying to roll cigars in Cuba. It's pretty good. Uh, our effervescent American wheat ale brewed with lemon peel, lemon drop hops, and malted wheat will proffer the perfect compliment. Sweet. We also have oatmeal raisin cookie brown ale from Cigar City. That's crazy talk. Yeah. Raisin, cinnamon, and lactose. So you know. can't have this one. I know. But I, I was thinking I might save this one for um, post-coronavirus to share with some friends. Cool. Looks like a good dessert offering. Yeah. And also, you mean there's more? There's more. Uh, Rhino, good friend, friend of the show, friend of of mine, who hails from the same small town in Michigan, Chelsea. He also sent us beer from California. What did he send? We've already opened some of these and had them previously. We're probably not going to drink any tonight. But he sent us um, the Mammoth Brewing Company, the Golden Trout Kolsch German Style. It's delicious. I've already had some. Yeah, we already had a whole uh, bomber. Yeah. The Yosemite Pale Ale. Haven't tried that one yet. As well as the 395 IPA, double IPA, brewed with juniper berries and sage. It's a classic. Gold medal 2013 California State Fair specialty beer category. Love it. It's good stuff. Thanks to Rhino and our Florida man. Yeah. Florida man. Florida man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go to Trail News. With Special 41. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. Hello? <laughs> Are you there, Special 41? I'm, I'm here. All right, my can friend. Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you now. It's just me and POD in studio this evening. How are you faring All this right. evening? Are you recovering from your wild night? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm recovering. <laughs> Are you still in recovery mode? I am still in recovery mode. Would you like yeah. to share with Trail Show Nation what happened last night? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> all <right. laughs> Maybe it'll be a news story next month. Yep. All right. <laughs> Let's get to it. Yeah, I guess I just have like a few uh, trail trail news stories. Let's start with this little kid, a uh, little girl who's like three years old, named Acacia, and she's the youngest person to, to hike the uh, Trans-Catalina Trail. 
Um, yeah, which um, I think is uh, yeah, kind of cool. Forty miles. They did it in four days. Wow. Uh, apparently, her parents have been big backpackers for a while, and I guess they're trying to maybe do uh, the Te Aurora in the PCT in the next year. So wow. um, I hope this kid likes hiking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Acacia isn't old enough to actually have memory recall. That's true. So she will have no recollection of having hiked, been the youngest person to hike the Trans Catalina Trail. Yeah. So I actually wanted to talk about this story mainly because, like, um, I don't know about these youngest kid records, right? Right. Um, I think it's cool that people take their kids hiking. Um, but I, 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 I kind of, I, I always am a little bit like, hmm, that's odd when I see a a, a, a youngest person to ever hike the such and such trail. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was I was kind of curious as to what what other people's thoughts are on this because while I, while I do appreciate it on the one hand, I'm 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 also a little bit like, uh, you know, I feel I, I feel like, and, and this is messed up, but I feel like it's a little bit like taking your dog hiking. Um, yeah. They're not choosing. The, the, the dog doesn't really get to choose there, right? And like, I feel like with the, a, a little kid, like I don't know how much. Well, they I, have. I think it's great to take your kids hiking if that's the lifestyle that you have. Because if you were a skier, you would take your kids skiing. If you are into caving, mm-hmm. you would take your kids caving early on. I mean, that's what you do as a parent. You get your child interested in the things that you're interested in. I think the danger comes when you become focused on my kid's going to be the youngest to hike the PCT or my kid's going to be the youngest to hike the Tierra Road Trail. So I think the problem is that when you make that your goal, then you maybe lose sight of like, maybe it's time to quit this season. Like my kid's ready to be done, you know, going on a death march because you're choosing to is one thing. But and I don't know this family, you know, maybe the kid loved it the whole time. Who knows? Yeah, and I I don't either. And like you know, it's this one article that I that I read about it, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, sounds yeah. sounds cool, um, but at at four years old, like, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. mean, there's probably other people it, like, that take their kids I, out for. I, think a, it's a, I was going to say there there are probably other people that take their kids out for trips just as long at the same age. It's just that it's not on a named end to end trail, so there's no you know award or recognition that goes with it yeah yeah so anyway um i think like congratulations in any case to the kids like that's that's cool uh and i think it is great that they're getting getting out and hiking and and uh including their kid in it um special what if what if the kid drugged the parents out there (laughs) right maybe we're looking at Um, it all wrong yeah, like sort of like uh, instead of like I want a happy meal, like it's uh, you know I want a through hike. I want to another through hike. I want to do forty. I want to do forty. I want to do another. Well, apparently, like um, you know the the article that I read, like this kid uh, was having a blast out there when they were doing the Trans Catalina Trail. Sure. Uh, they ran into a few different people. You know, they talked to him in this article, and like she was, you know. Having an absolute blast, and they did like ten mile days or whatever to to do the forty miles over four days. So, um, you know, I don't yeah. honestly think that that's 
unreasonable necessarily for a oh. child. Like if a child can do it and they're having fun, like I kind of say that's that's cool. Just yeah. do, do that. But we um, need D Lo to yeah, weigh yeah. in. You you have to ask him. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to ask. What else you got? Yeah. Um, let's see. There's this uh, uh, development proposal that is being advocated for by uh, developers um, and some uh, people who are not really into the idea. Uh, and this involves the Grand Canyon. And if you, people have been to the Grand Canyon on the south side, there's that town just outside of the park called Tusillon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this uh, this uh, Stylo Development Group um, has got a proposal to build a 1.8 million square foot um, whatever development, including lodging, shops, restaurants, educational no. facilities, no. residences, no. maybe a hotel or a dude ranch. No. Um, yeah, so... They're going to turn um, that town into Gatlinburg. That's what this group wants to do um the the opponents are saying well you know uh that kind of threatens park wildlife and the water resources and the water resources there are are kind of an interesting thing um and there's i mean they're kind of already operating above capacity in, in many ways for like what that for what the natural water resources are um so, but they're like, yeah, this is going to be bad for everything from wildlife to water to air quality to roads, even to like the dark side, dark skies and stuff. Uh, Spesh, why is it that we as a people have to do this thing to towns outside of national parks? Why? Because people enjoy front country adventuring, and but they don't want to have to drive very far and they want to feel like they're doing something adventurous yeah i mean people want to go to cool places national parks are cool places and you're just going to end up having more folks that are going to want to come i don't think it's that it's appropriate to to necessarily like build things um without like really taking into consideration like these types of effects though and especially when it comes to the water resource up there there's just really not much of it uh, and I, I really don't think that it's appropriate yeah. to uh, to try to like build these, you know, a 1.8 million square foot yeah, area. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe if I had more details on it and I looked at it, I might think it was more reasonable. But Doubtful. somehow I doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and incidentally, Tucson is an Arizona trail trail town. And yeah, and it's not that big. There's not a no. whole lot there. No. Nope. You know? And. Nope. And and there already are like several hotels and uh, like this little kind of uh, campground of America style like campground area there, uh, and there's a huge campground um, and other resources inside the park for for visitors. I don't know that putting something that's going to stress more more of the the water resource and push out more of the wildlife is a good idea there. Agreed. Hmm. Um, and also, one of the the impacts there is so if you're familiar with Havasu Falls, their water supply for that waterfall comes from the same uh, water ah. source that that they use up, uh, you know, on the on the south rim there. Right. Um, and and so all of the the use there decreases some of the other um, 
natural water features that are that are part of the the you know the greater Grand Canyon like area. So in yeah. any case, I think maybe it's not a good idea to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, agreed. See, we'll go on to something a little bit cooler. Um, apparently drinking half a pint of beer every day can increase your longevity, according to a recent study. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I haven't verified this personally, but, you know, I think uh, maybe it sound, sounds like maybe it's true. Um, and I, I feel like this is one that we've seen quite a bit, right? Like alcohol is good for your heart. If you have so much wine, it's supposed to be good for your heart or whatever. And, um, I feel like there's always another one coming out. The reason that I mentioned this one is because I just feel like it's an interesting, um, so it's half a pint. Yeah, eight ounces. That's kind of right? odd. Ha- half a pint. <laughs> like who's drinking half a pint? Europeans. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, can they buy? Can you buy? Yeah, a half like pint? when we were in Germany and you have the Kolsch. They serve it in those little glass. I think those are six ounces. No, those yes. tall. Those Kolsch glasses are no. tall. No. Small. I bet you. I bet you they're a third of a liter. Maybe. I. I'm just saying. I think it's interesting that, that you know, when, whenever we, if, if you actually look at like uh, a lot of these studies when they come out, the amount of alcohol that they find to be the, you know, like the beneficial amount. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is is usually a fairly low one, right? Like. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm just getting I, more healthy by drinking more. Yeah. yeah so. So when I see the, you know, it's like could in, increase your longevity, a study claims. It's like, half, yeah, if you drink half a pint, what if you just want to drink a pint every day? Is that going to, what does that do? Give me give me the results of a study yeah. that, you know, actually uh, addresses the amount of alcohol that I drink, you know. Or maybe um, two pints. And any, <laughs> or three. Right, yeah, or maybe seven. Maybe that's where you're at. <laughs> I don't know your life. Uh, true, truth. Truth. I mean, I, I think uh, whenever you hear these these studies, like maybe read what it actually says, right? Like half a pint. Okay, well that's that I, it doesn't apply to me. Um, yeah. Let's see. We're gonna go on to uh, sort of an interesting story about a wolf. Uh, this is uh, a wolf named Or fifty four. This is one that was like um, collared in Oregon. Um, hmm. I didn't know Oregon re- wolves. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, it uh, they do, yeah. Hmm. Um, and and this, uh, let's see, it was tagged in 2017, uh, and it recently uh, died. And they're you know investigating the uh, the the death or whatever. But um, I thought it was kind of interesting. I think actually a a, a, a listener sent this in. Oh shoot! Uh, in any case, um, it it ended up you know, traveling over like 8,700 miles uh, after it left its pack in Oregon. Uh, and it was like all over Northern California, um, going over into like near Nevada or into Nevada near Reno. Um, and it was, um, but it was from, you know, a pack in Southern Oregon originally. Hmm. Now there haven't really been uh, wolves in California, you know, since the twenties when they were eradicated there. And this wolf's father, uh, who's dubbed OR7, which is like the number of mm-hmm. wolves that they've tagged in, in Oregon. Um, so OR54's dad, OR7, 
uh, crossed into California and was like hanging out there for a while back in 2011. Hmm. Um, and it was like the first, you know, known gray wolf to be in the state uh, since, you know, the eradication. Anyway, this uh, OR-54 uh, logged about 8,700 miles, um, about 13 miles a day usually, uh, mostly traveled around northeastern California, but also Nevada. And uh, just kind of fascinating to, to see, like, that they, you know, they they really do track these animals' movements all over the place to really get an idea of, of where they're moving. And, and I, you know, we talked about uh, the wolves that are, have been recently sighted in, in Colorado, right? That's right. Um, and, and also a reintroduction, a proposed reintroduction effort, um, uh, for Colorado. Um, it's like these, these animals are right there ready to kind of push back in as well. Well, I'm curious um, about the father wolf OR7 was in uh-huh. North, Northern California. And then this other wolf OR54 was in Northern California. Were they in similar places? And where was the Wolfman's brother? Well, many years ago now, I really can't be sure. <laughs> I don't know about the Wolfman's brother. I don't think they wear they wear a collar. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious if they were in similar places, like. I would imagine I don't know. so. Like um, they weren't there together you know, the, at the same the, time, right? No, it sounds okay. like from what I from what I read, the the father wolf uh, crossed in and spent some time there in 2011, but then like went back to Oregon, okay. uh, where they like founded a pack called the Rogue Pack, um, mm. and then at some point, you know, OR54 left that pack. Uh, and and went down into California and Nevada and like roamed all over the place. Uh, I guess you know. It's, I mean, like trying it, to find like a new pack or yeah. or a, a mate or whatever. It's just curious to me that um, they. I mean, I guess Oregon and California are right next to each other, so it's not that crazy. I guess I'm just curious if they were in similar places. Um, it just makes me think about the. We read a book about the like the the history, the origins of trails, and like the first creatures that had feet you know like the little snail ocean snails that left tracks and the rocks and stuff and they talked about historic mm-hmm. you know historic memory within animals and i don't know it just triggered that thought for me that i don't know maybe there was some telepathy there i don't know telepathy. Just, it'd be interesting to see how similar their routes were is i guess is what i'm saying i mean i wouldn't be surprised at all if they were fairly similar like yeah. uh if, if you look at just the areas where they're they're going to be able to operate in like right. a wilderness right. setting and, yeah. and like what those corridors look like yeah it could be probably fairly similar yeah, it right? could be that the topography forces them to be similar areas anyway a special i tell you what we're gonna have to actually leave it right there we've got our 12 the month guest in queue waiting to talk to us about his hike of the Caucasian trail Oh, you don't even want to hear about this other this other story I've got. I do, but we're out of time. All right. Well, you all have a great <laughs> a, a, a great conversation over there. All right, Spesh. Thanks for phoning it in with us this evening, and we will see you next month. Get some rest. Sounds good. All right, man. Bye. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, trail of the month. 
We've got Enigma calling in about the Trans-Caucasian Trail. That is another European trail. So we're going back across the pond once we're again. Go- yes. It's, it's, an, it's a Euro 2020. Calling Enigma. This is the Trail Show Hotline. Trail Show Hotline. Hey, this is Enigma. What is up, Enigma? Hey, hey, friends. How's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Enigma, what are you drinking uh, tonight? I've got the, uh, the Goose Goose Island IPA. Yeah. Oh. Got, uh, that, that bright citrus aromas with a, a bold hop finish. Yeah. Yes. I almost picked up some of that yesterday at the liquor store. But I didn't. Yeah, it, it was a leftover of a six-pack. We had a sauna session a couple of days ago, and I took the beer home. Did you say a sauna session? Yeah, a sauna oh. session. Some friends in the community uh, once a month get together and do a, a nice warm soak. and Nice. Hang out in the sauna together and talk about the fall of the patriarchy and viruses and politics and whatever else. I know it's a crazy time. And I, I was real quick before I forget, you and I've been talking, this is disco, by the way, you and I've been talking since what, 2018 via email. Yeah. 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 It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we were finally able to connect. Cause I, I mean, to be completely honest with you, this is a trail, the Trans-Caucasian trail that we know nothing about. So we're going to yeah. be starting really? at square zero. Yeah. yeah. I hate to admit it, but it's true. So yeah. Fill us it's- in, man. Tell us about this trail. Fair enough. Okay, well, um, I, let's see. I found out about it uh, from the Spaniard. Uh, I don't know if you guys know know him. He's a he's an older hiker. Finished his triple crown a couple of years ago. No, no. Uh, he's an older gentleman. Uh, I met him first in Kennedy Meadows on the PCT in fifteen, and then uh, didn't see him again for the rest of the trail. But the next year on the Appalachian Trail. I, I was going south. He was going north. We ended up at the same uh, restaurant, and I knew that I was going to be going to Europe the following year, and I was like, hey, Spaniard, you're from Spain. What's good? What should I do? I'm going to be going to Europe. And, uh, you know, so we we sat together, had some dinner, and and talked trail uh, as far as Europe goes, and he, (laughs) the funny thing was he was immediately like, do not do the Camino. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, i was like well i kind of want to probably will i I did end up doing the better part of 1500 miles on the camino i went from zurich all the way to the coast wow just for the the hell of it um but in between he he was the one that told me about the trans caucasian trail i do not know how he knew about it it was relatively new at the time like actually really knew at the time i I have no idea how he heard about it but it was one of the trails that he brought up along with like the via dinarica Mm -hmm. and uh a couple of a couple of those other eastern european ones and uh and so yeah i I looked into it that that winter after after finishing the appalachian trail and uh it looked it looked amazing I, i mean just looking at the pictures of the scenery out there in the caucuses i was i was hooked immediately so i got in touch with uh the organization that had just been started up um two two guys individually kind of thought of it on their own and i don't know how they met but they were able to meet somehow and brainstorm this idea of this um this long trail that was 
when it's finished, it, they, they're envisioning a trail that'll go from the Black Sea to the Caspian Sea. Oh, okay. cool. All, all the way along the length of the Caucasus. And, uh, and so they, they started work on it in 2016. Uh, Tom Allen is a, is a Brit uh, with the Royal Geographic Society of England or, or the UK or, you know, the Geographic Society, whatever. So he's a, he was one of the founding members and Paul Stevens is the other. And he's an American that ended up in Georgia with the Peace Corps. Huh. And uh, he, he just ended up in Northern Georgia and, and thought that the hiking infrastructure needed to be expanded on. And uh, so he, he, somehow got in touch with Tom who was in Armenia and they, they started doing some fundraising and the following year, I guess that was in 2015. So then 2016, um, Tom got a sponsorship from Land Rover and, uh, got this like beautiful, beautiful Land Rover and routed the whole thing, drove, drove the Ah, idea of the trail and started plotting the data points and, and talking to the locals and getting the ideas for where the trail would go based on old trails, based on Silk Road, based on what's being used or, or, or what's being forgotten. And, uh, and so he plotted the route. And the following year, they started getting volunteers out there and getting work projects going on, on making trail and putting blazes up and getting the uh the ball rolling and and so i ended up going out there for two months in 2017 and uh did a couple of weeks worth of of building trail in armenia um we were working in dilijan national park hmm. and by the end of that year we had completed a complete uh five-day loop that's about 100 miles or so. Wow. Um, okay. That so, goes around the national park and hits a, a bunch of old monasteries hmm. and goes up into this incredible cliff area. And you just, you, you walk the, the high lines and ridges and forests around, around Dillijan, which is um, nicknamed the Switzerland, the, oh. the Geneva of Eastern Europe. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful village. What year was that again? Uh, up there in the mountains. That was in 2017. So did you do the trail work before you got on the trail? Yes. Oh, that's kind of a unique experience to be able to work on a trail before you go. So then how long was the trail that year? It sounds like they're trying to add on. How long was it the year that you hiked it, and where did it start, and where did it end? Okay, so kind of confusing because there's there's several areas being built and several areas that are still just kind of ideas being routed. Um, so when I was there, there, there wasn't much trail built at all. Uh, it was just the stuff that we were building in, in Dilijan and they had, well, there was the John, it connects to the Jonapar trail. Have, have you guys heard about that one? No. 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 Okay. It's on gut hook now. Um, interesting. I, I, God, there are so many Armenian. trails on gut hook. Yeah. I, I can't keep up, but right. yeah, I bet I've uh, no, seen okay. the name, but, um, I don't know much more about it than that. Okay, well, the the gut, the Jonapar Trail um, was actually built probably 20 years ago um, by a tri-national guy whose whose name I'm not going to say. He 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 doesn't want to be in the in the light. That's um, cool. Partly because the Jonapar Trail goes through a 
a region of Armenia that's contested. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's the Artsakh Nagoro Karabakh area in eastern uh, eastern Armenia, and the Armenia and Azerbaijan have been fighting over it. Okay. And I see. Google actually says it's still part of Azerbaijan, but hmm. to go there you get a visa from Armenia. If you have your visa in your passport and try and get into Azerbaijan, they'll arrest you. Yeah. It's all, all, all kind of contested, but um, this trip goes about 200 miles through that region, through the safe zone. It's, it's far enough away from the I border. that ask. It's, it's right. yeah. not really a, a dangerous trail. So that was, that was put together 20 years ago, but the, it had been kind of falling apart. It needed work. So by the end of the summer of 2017, we had gone out and reblazed it. I think actually they put a lot of work into that the following year in 2018. And uh, that's when John Bollinger um, got in touch with Gut Hook and plotted plotted the data ah, set okay. for Gut Hook and, and got it out there. So once so it's on Gut Hook, there's going to be armies out there. <laughs> it's going to get overrun and make money. Right, I know. What do you call it for uh, short? Just out of curiosity, like, do you always do you say the Transcaucasian Trail when you're just talking about it to someone in the know, or do you say like the TCT or the Double T or or what TCT. is it? TCT. The TCT. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's TCT. Um, I know there's the Trans Canadian Trail too that's using the same abbreviation, but yeah, a lot of a lot of the folks out there do abbreviate it just TCT. So I guess I mean. It, I mean, just to give our listeners a little bit of perspective, it sounds like things are in flux and it was quite probably different when you hiked it versus what it is mm. now. So so I guess, do you know what what is available? Like if I went to hike it this summer, like where would I mm-hmm. start? Where would I end? You know, yeah, how, how much, much would be on trail or, you know, what part would I be yeah, doing at, connectors? At this point, uh, apparently uh, about 320 Kilometers out of 800 kilometers in Armenia have been built and, like, quote unquote, officialized. Right. They've, right. they've been published on the on the website, and um, there's a few nonprofits in the in the area. There's a there's another uh, a group called Hike Armenia that has a free app and a whole bunch of different hikes throughout Armenia, and uh, so so those 320 kilometers are are easily available ready to go you can you can jump on trail especially the Dilijan loop that's a that's a beautiful Dilijan. Dilijan, and it's uh and it's connected now i think all the way up to venador which is the next big town to the north and uh, i think there's there's trail all the way at this point and up in georgia there's about 200 kilometers oh okay built. right on so Are those another, connected? another interesting I'm sorry. Are those connected? That 320 and that 200? No. Oh, okay. That's that's what I was just about to okay. say too. Is that uh, an interesting little part of it too? Is that there there's it's now kind of developing into two routes. There's going to be a lower uh. route that goes from the Armenia border in the uh, on the river Arax. I guess is the name of the the river. It's uh, Agarak, Iran, which is the border town. And that's um, where the lower route will start, and it goes all the way up into Georgia to Burjomi, which is like kind of in the middle of Georgia, 
to the west of Tbilisi, the big capital. And then you can connect to the northern route or keep going on the south route all the way to Batumi on the on the Black Sea, big big city. Yeah. And then uh, the northern route, you can start in either Batumi or you can start in Bajorami, and that will go through the northern Caucasus, through Georgia and Azerbaijan only. Gotcha. Is there so, is there a website yet for the? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there is. What is yeah. that? Transcaucasian org. That's easy. It's, yeah. It's a website. I yeah. gotta say, I'm I'm extremely impressed with your knowledge and memory of names yeah. of towns. I can <laughs> I can hardly remember names of trail towns we've been in that are in the United States that are <laughs> uh, easy I, names. I'm with you. Uh, and I mean, this this was a a pretty memorable experience. To sure. Be yeah. Like and. Honestly, I did not hike the the whole thing. I, I hiked That's parts it. of it. I, Calls over. I did work <laughs> on the on the trail. I uh, and I did some route finding for them too. They gave me the GPS coordinates and and I took so the, the only maps of the area are these old Russian maps that were yeah. charted in like the 1940s of during course. World War Two. Uh-huh. And. And so, like, that's that's the only resources we have as far as <laughs> jeep tracks and, and road walks and stuff like that. So I, I went on an exploratory route-finding thing to see if there was another way to uh, connect Dilijan to Tbilisi, the capital of Georgia. Dilijan. And, uh, <laughs> that's yeah, a- so I ended up doing about two oh, weeks. Yeah. But there are three three folks who have done the entire lower route. The okay. first was Val Ismali. He did it the year that I was out there in 2017. And then a woman followed his footsteps the following year. I forget what her name is. Oh, I didn't even write them down. Bummer. That's all right. You anyway. remembered all the names of the towns yeah. in Armenia and Georgia. <laughs> so exactly. I, I remember Val re- really well because he was out there all summer. He he did the whole thing was bushwhacking a whole bunch and uh, yeah. ended yeah. up at the in the trail crew for a little while as well giving back to the locals and yeah so th- there's only three three that have done it and it's 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 a developing trail it's it's happening all the time they take international uh volunteers every every summer in both places in Georgia and and in Armenia hey real quick and, um what does the yeah. what does the 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 high terrain look like i mean does it look like the sierra does it look and like and how high are we talking about yeah, like, what I'm just is curious, the altitude like, yeah. get an impression of that yeah the the northern route up there in northern georgia is like the sierras i mean oh, wow. yeah, it's it's impressive massive granite mountains uh hmm. you go right underneath mount ushba which is you should look up pictures of mount ushba it's a, it's an impressive peak Okay. And it straddles the border of Georgia and Russia. Um, the highest peak in Russia is just to the northwest of that. You can't really see it unless you go mm. up to the glaciers up on Ushba. But, uh, yeah, those mountains are impressive. And okay. do you think that high route seriously, that eventually... Seriously impressive. The high route that eventually will become completed, will that be technical? Or do you think it'll just be, you know, class two hiking? I think it'll be technical. I think uh, there'll definitely be routes going going high. It, it might end up similar to what's going on in the Himalayas in Nepal, where there there'll be probably a 
a couple of options, you know, alternates. Yeah. You can do ridge lines and, and technical mountaineering, or you can kind of stay lower towards the valleys. And as of right now, the, the trails don't really go too, too high up. We're talking right. 10,000, 11,000 feet above sea level. Okay. Um, what is that peak? What's the elevation of that peak that you mentioned? Oops, or whatever. Oh, okay. I, I'm not entirely sure off okay. the top of my head. Above tree line. Yeah. Way above tree line for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you, hanging glaciers on it and everything. It's 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 a peak. An enigma. We've got about five more minutes. Um, what yeah. else do you want to dive into with the TCT? What else should Trail Show Nation know about this trail? What else should you guys know? What it's, about it, wildlife? It's a very there is. Oh gosh, what are the names of those things? Megafauna. Megafauna. The megafauna. There are <laughs> bears really? in, Ar- in Armenia. Yeah, there's a, a okay. species of black bear. Um, I hmm. believe there are mountain leopards as well. Ooh. Um, they're very, very rare and stealthy, but they're they're up there. Yeah. Um, oh, Deer. I'm blanking on the name Foxes? of the darn animals. There's these things that are like. Ibex? Big horns. Sh- yeah, kind of like ibexes. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. They've got the lo- super long prong horns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Mountain goat style. They yeah. they they hang out up there. Uh, Mosquitoes. You'll see. You'll see. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh really? Seriously? <laughs> um, oh yeah. Are yeah, there alpine sure. lakes and stuff? There are lakes Ooh. and uh, lakes and ponds and um, you'll even uh, when you're up in the high country, you'll 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 run into people. There's the Yadzi are uh, uh, a culture of folk who are kind of um, similar to the Bedouin. Yeah. Okay. They're borderless. They're nomadic shepherds that, that just kind of wander with their herds from place to place huh. and set up like canvas tents sometimes from here to there to stay for a little bit until the pasture's done and then they move on. And uh, they're always super friendly. They're always like calling you over to come over and drink vodka with them and <laughs> eat food with nice. them. Like a lot of the, the folks up there in the mountains don't have much, but what they do have, they want to share. And That's they, cool. Like, That's usually the case. They'll often try and talk with you in, in Armenian or Georgian first. And then when you're like, mm, no, no. <laughs> uh, then they'll, they'll try Russian. Yeah. That's kind of like the, the lingua franca of the area. Everybody, because of the Soviet bloc, they uh, a lot of folks still 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 speak Russian. And when I was doing my route finding and things, if I if I showed people my maps, they could read the Russian the, the oh, names of the towns uh-huh. and rivers and ponds and things, and they could re- often would be able to recognize and, and point right. in the right direction, kind of thing. Do you have photos so, uh, of any TCT photos up on social media or anywhere? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Where can people view them? My Instagram is dill dot on dot dice. It's just like the plants on dice. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of pictures there. You have to dig a little bit. I was on the Pacific Northwest Trail last summer and the CDT the summer before that. So there's 2018 or is it 2017? Back in 2017, a few years back now. But there's definitely pictures, and it's a. the mountains are incredible, and, and you're you're finding old monasteries up there, too, that were built in 800, 900, uh, you know, like... Sure. Like, 700 years ago. Like, Armenia was the first country 
in the world to adopt Christianity, uh, which is a little-known fact, but they, it's, it's one of the reasons that they have their own block in Jerusalem. Um, huh. Okay. There's the, the Jewish quarter, the Islamic quarter, the Christian quarter, and the Armenian quarter. And uh, and and so you, you'll be wandering through the woods, and you'll see these things called hachkars. They're, they're called hachkars. They're cross stones, and they're these intricately carved stones hmm. with uh, crosses that almost look like they're... they're they were Celtic influence. They've got like sure. knot work and and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work. Huh. And they'll just be you'll find them, you know, degrading in, into the into the forest. Right. Right on. And uh, and the and the monasteries are are still active. Like there's still monks back up in there. Are they making some good beer? Some of them. There is not a lot of beer. Yeah. There's definitely what a waste. wine. It's, oh, okay. it's one of the yeah. old sure. I, one of the first countries in the world to start making wine from okay. grapes. So lots of good wine. They've got uh, a lot of a lot of vodka. You got to be careful with the vodka because <laughs> they they uh, everybody will offer it, and if you finish the glass, they will fill it again. Ooh, oh, okay. it's like that's you, a problem. It's like eating like, in Italy. Stop. Yeah, if you ever want to stop, you just have to leave it full because hmm. I see. If you sip it, if you drink it, they'll pop it off. Oh my gosh! Keep popping it off. That's deadly with with you know a spirit, especially I mean, homemade vodka. Good Lord. grief! Uh huh. Well, it sounds like uh-huh. I mean, it sounds like you had an incredible experience, and it sounds like it, there's still a lot of um, work to be done and and cool first new experiences to have and. There's a great website to support it along with a gut hook app. So sounds like there's a lot of information out there for people that want to have a trip with maps and data and also enough out there for people who want a little bit more adventure. So that's pretty cool that you've uh, given us both of those options. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So there's a few organizations. There's the, the Hike Armenia, like I, I mentioned earlier, that's that's got the free app with a bunch of stuff. Okay. Um, all the trails throughout Armenia, they've, they're, they're a great organization. They usually do uh, hiking parties and things like that too. So yeah. you can connect with locals that'll that'll show you the routes and are familiar with the area. Um, Trails for Change is another one that's that's doing good work out there. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a good handful of our organizations that are that are making things happen, and they're building about 200 kilometers a year. Um, Okay. I'm oh, sorry about a, half that, about a hundred kilometers a year, and and by the end, it's it'll probably be another five ten years till it's like a really solid official long trail. Gotcha. But, cool. Uh, they're working hard on it, and and the excitement is growing. Definitely, people are are getting excited out there about hiking culture and and international folks coming out there. Are loving it. It's it's a it's a really great place to travel. Fantastic, Enigma. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and talking to all of us about the Trans Caucasian Trail. Say that three times. The TCT. Yeah. The TCT. TCT. Yeah, it was great to finally connect with you and uh, you know keep us posted if you do any more uh, exciting adventures in the future. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I, right yeah. on, right on. Well, have a good evening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you. Cheers. You too, All right, man. Happy Bye. trails, everybody. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Enigma. Sounds like there's a lot of cool experiences to be had out there. Yeah, and it sounds like that trail's only going to get better yeah. each year 
Um, and what a cool thing that you can go and like maybe spend two weeks working on it two and weeks. then go hike it. You yeah, know? exactly. It's kind of cool. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have mailbag donors and an interview with Four Points. That's right. Don't go anywhere. That was either the little lady from the movie Poltergeist or that was Dilo's second child, Mateo. Yep. Okay. Take your pick. All right. We are back. Um, let's let's play a hotline call. You want to go to the hotline? Yeah, let's go to the hotline. All right. Let's play the jingle first. Call the Trish Show. Call the... Well, oh, I know. I, it was, it's got to be quick tonight. We got to keep... Okay. We got to keep, keep it tight. All right. So, uh, there were some, some calls about Dilo's vehicle oh so let's let's see what that's about hi um i'm a little confused i just heard that someone was selling an impreza um and i could reach by this number i just i guess i was just wondering what year it was and uh if it's a hatchback how many bags of mulch can you fit in it and uh <laughs> yeah if you could just uh, let me know that'd be great thank you we had a follow-up call about the Impreza. Oh, two calls. Yeah, let's, I think it's the same gentleman. Okay. Hi, I called earlier about the Impreza. I'm so absent-minded, I totally forgot to leave the most important information. Uh, I just wanted to make sure. It hasn't been off-road or anything, has this? Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it hasn't. I, I know Home Depot and stuff, but uh, <laughs> I just want to double-check that it hasn't been to any, like, dirt roads or... Uh, trailheads or anything like that because I, I really would like to have a pristine Impreza with a new engine. So, uh, yeah, just let me know. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, so we can give you a quick update on the yeah. Impreza. The Impreza has been sold. To one. Special 41. 41. So ding, 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 ding. We're sorry, sir, but the Impreza is no longer on the market. My guess, though, is it had never seen dirt under those tires. But it will now. Yeah. I mean, Special's probably off-roading as we speak. Yeah, he's probably mudding. Mudden. All right. Well, we have an interview with Kevin Weber, who is one of the owners of Four Points. And Four Points is an energy protein meal replacement bar. Bar. Uh, bar uh, that we talked about. I don't know when we talked about it a while ago. Um, I have been using Four Points bars for a while since I discovered them. And um, if Salty were here, she would tell you how how different they are than all the other bars out there nutritionally. Um, they're pretty amazing. And he does men make mention of the new tactical line. And the old line, the the bars that they've always had available, they've actually switched over to 100% hemp protein. Yep. And I just had one at the Ruck. And I will say that the hemp protein bars, Delicious. they are incredible. And Delicious. the old ones I like too, but the hemp protein ones are so good. They are. Um, so anyway, we, we linked up with them at um, last week at the Ruck. And special and out of order. And Kevin and I sat down in a private room and we did a little interview about um, not just the bars, but all of the things that they're doing to try to 
support sustainability and give back to the outdoor community. Let's take a listen. This is uh, the Princess of Darkness, Out of Order, Special 41, sitting in at the Rockies Ruck, talking with Kevin from Four Points Bars. And uh, if you remember, we actually talked about the Four Points Bars on a previous episode. Um, We had all tried them, and we talked about which flavors we liked and which flavors we didn't like as much. And one of the things that we also discussed was uh, the staying power of the bars. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, But recently there was an article published that talked about all the work that Four Points is doing um, with trying to uh, build sustainability in the outdoor um, recreation world and how to support some of those initiatives. So, uh, Kevin, why don't you talk to us first a little bit about Four Points, just kind of give us the background of how you started, because I think that's important as to why you guys are doing what you're doing now, and then talk to us about some of those initiatives that you're involved in now. Um, we st- my brother and I started Four Points um, as a a solution to a problem that we had discovered in um, the outdoor space pertaining to nutrition. A lot of the bars out there were seemingly made of the same things, high glycemic syrups, date-based bars, um, usually giving you a short burst of energy but not really amounting to much more than just a snack. Um, And so we tried to create something that, you know, from, you know, reverse engineer the, the, the problem and create something that with the end in mind, which is, you know, how do I get three to four hours of sustained energy without spiking and crashing my blood sugar, derailing my performance, putting me in a bad spot where I need to perform my best. And so that's how Four Points started. Um, we worked the problem backwards uh, using ingredients that no other bars are using. And we created this product that helps outdoor enthusiasts feel better so that they can play longer. And it was um, shortly after we decided to, to launch that we said, you know, as fourth-generation natives, it's really important to us that, you know, we're, while we're creating this product that helps outdoor enthusiasts and, and perform better in the outdoors, um, there's this huge looming problem of access, and what if we don't have those places to play anymore? So we decided to take our nifty tagline, wherever you play, that we had come up with for our product, um, saying that it's really for all these different niches wherever you apply it to and say, you know, we have a responsibility as a company um, to protect the lifestyle that we love and the industry that we love and the public lands that belong to everybody. So we turned that into an initiative, um, and following the suit of the four Ps, uh, we decided that we're going to protect public lands, preserve uh, pristine wilderness areas, promote inclusivity and access, and ask, you know, encourage people to get out and play and become good stewards of the land. And one of the things that we wanted to do was look at a lot of nonprofits and what they're doing in the conservation space, but then take it a step further. And it had to be authentic. It had to be ultimate transparency. So we reached out to certain organizations and we said, we want to work with you. Um, We're willing to do a percentage give back, but we also don't want to just talk the talk. We want to trail adopt. We want to help you fund research grants. We want to do a lot of things that really show that we're a company that can make an impact beyond just donating percentage of sales. But here's the catch. We want you to be completely transparent with our consumers about what you're doing. Some of them were willing to do it and some of them weren't. Um, And the ones that were willing to play by our rules, they have their logos on all of our packaging now. And that kind of shows the consumer that this is where a proportion of proceeds go. And um, that's on our core line. Yeah. Um, so one of those is 
uh, Cottonhill Divide Trail Coalition, for example. So we decided that we were going to adopt a 12-mile section of trail from uh, in, in the San Juans from Benito Pass to Wolf Creek Pass. Um, for a company our size, 12 miles is a lot because there's only four of us. Uh, but we uh, but we love being out there, and it's and it gets uh, you know it gets us doing what we love to do and paying back to a community that's given so much to us. So we enjoy going out there and doing that. And then um, when we have an opportunity to go to D.C. and help lobby to fully fund Land Water Conservation Fund, we, we take a chance to go out there and beat up some politicians. And luckily that's going through now. I don't know how much we had to do with it, but we certainly were really loud advocates for it. So um, that's just one example of how our partnership with one of those nonprofits works. And so people can see that this is way beyond a bar for us. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, companies like y'all who really take a real interest in public lands because, you know, it's 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 a it's understanding your business. I'm sure it's like this is essential. Without public lands, your sales would not be as much. No one's like, I gotta get my energy bar so I can go to work. Although it is, I did, did eat their bars many mornings before I went to work <laughs> instead of breakfast. But but like for. I think in the outdoor industry, it's nice to see that recognition from companies like you all and other outdoor companies who, like, really think, realize that this is our market. Like, the, the more access to outdoors there is, the better access, the more we have to to help. And they and they, they take a real responsibility for it, which is is needed because you need, you know, you need, you need companies to be involved with this because politicians and everything that comes to when making the decisions about public lands that matters to them a lot. Yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, you know, I, I feel like any company that's operating in the outdoor space these days, um, if you're not focused on some degree of public lands protection or advocacy, like what are you doing? You know, so I think the fact that you guys have um, not just said, said like, oh, yeah, we're going to do like, you know, this one thing and just kind of leave it at that, but that you're actually like, no, we want to be able to like fund um, you know, actual programs and we want to be able to, you know, adopt trail and like not just sort of a, oh, hey, we need to do something to give back. Let's sign up for this one thing and then just forget it. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the stain with it, the, the slow burn of support for the public lands yeah, as well. And 12 miles of trail is a lot because Disco and I maintain, I think, eight miles and you guys have been on half of it. It's pretty flat. It's pretty easy maintenance. But Wolf Creek Pass area, that's a whole different ballgame. So let us know when you guys are going to go out this summer. We'd love to go out there with you. Um, We have our own tools even. So, yeah, we can can have. We're trying to throw uh, kind of a a party, if you will. Um, We're going to go back there in August. There's a bridge that needs to be repaired right there off of the the pull-off of the highway on the Wolf Creek side. Um, if anybody hasn't been back there, I think the Benito Pass site is is gorgeous and it's it's really secluded. The only people that you're going to um, you're going to see back there are people that are that are through hiking it. But you get on the Wolf Creek side and you and you, you see a lot of people that are just day hiking it off the pass. But that bridge needs to be repaired, so we're we're aiming for August to go back there. Um, just all dependent on what Mother Nature throws at us this year for snow. Uh, but we're going to try to put uh, get a couple breweries together. Um, we're talking to Atra and. And uh, we're gonna and suffer better, and we're gonna try to do like a 5K on that section if we can get permission from Wolf Creek Ski Area. Um, but uh, that way we can kind of uh, get more people involved with it. 
because um, I mean that's that's you know we, people all, we always kind of joke around about that fourth P in our initiative, which is encouraging people to get out and play. But you know you've got this gener- up and coming generation Gen Z that are often people refer to as the great migrators indoors, where they're more attached to their phones than they are to getting outside and playing. And if you have a whole generation of people that are not outside playing, then they're not getting why it's so important to protect it. So that is an important part of doing it. And so maybe you guys could set up some really cool little selfie stations at each K that might encourage some of those folks to get out there. I don't know. Um, Cool. I also wanted to talk about the, the new line, the tactical line, Um, three new flavors. There's the, uh, the commando coconut crunch, which is kind of a funny name. Uh, There's the base camp banana split and there's the camp hail choco peanut. So talk to us about the, how, how that came about the, the new line and just some of the aspects of this new bar. Did you want me to open one of these and start eating it on the air too? Or? Well, those ones are mine. <laughs> so if you want to, you can go get your own. <laughs> we'll hook, we'll hook you up, so. Okay. so yeah, so the funny thing with Tactical was in, in the journey, like we listened to it, we own our own manufacturing, which, and as a small company, it allows us to pivot and do things our way without having to you know take a lot of time doing it. So we listened to our consumers over the last couple of years and, and there was a strong push for, you know, making our bar completely vegan. We were already using hemp protein along with whey protein in our core line. So we just decided, okay, well, let's just split them off. Uh, at the same time, we were also having a hard time getting into um, the military. We were trying to support our men and women of the armed forces, be- and they can't have hemp protein yet. So we're like, this is really easy for us. We can just separate the line, turn some of the flavors into a tactical version. Well, that's what we call it and uh, bump the calorie and the protein count up and and now we're able to service um an, an entire channel that is that's you know most soldiers that we've talked to they don't really have a whole lot of really good nutritious stuff that they're that they're getting access to and so and they there was a lot of registered dietitians from various branches of the military that were in love with what our product was they just the, you know, so we decided to come out with tactical um, and um, kind of true to our form, we're like, okay, well, we want to give back to the military in some f- form. And so we found this great company in uh, Virginia called Troopster, which is a veteran-owned organization that does quality care packages for troops overseas. And we decided, okay, well, we're going to offer our bars in Troopster. Um, we'll partner with them, but we'll also do a give back to them to help their company grow too. Um, don't ask me how a small company starts thinking about helping other small companies grow when they're trying to grow themselves, but we're like, okay, collectively we're more powerful together, and you can see through everything that we do that we love to collaborate. And so um, that's how we launched Tactical. And, and the names were kind of funny how we came up with them because um, we're also trying to attract, we're also trying to appeal to um, outdoorsmen, you know, sportsmen and, uh, and uh, anglers, which a lot of p- times people don't realize that that they're sometimes better stewards of the land than even backpackers are. I mean, they understand conservation and they fund a lot of that. Um, and they feel like they're an underserved demographic. A lot of people don't really pay attention. They think that they just they just uh, kill animals and, and eat meat. Uh, but they actually do like healthy lifestyles and they they do support conservation. So we were, we were going to have a little fun with it. And um, one of the areas that we were trying to protect with um, Senator Bennett's people in the CORE Act is the Camp Hill Wilderness Area. And so... Um, and that's the home of the 10th Mountain Division, and we li- spent a good time living up in Vail, and coming from uh, uh, sons and grandsons that served, we were like, okay, we always wanted to, serve, to help, you know, 
um, support the tenth, so we decided to name our bar Camp Hale uh, Chocolate Peanut. And we had a friend that was uh, Commando Coconut Crunch is kind of funny because we had a friend that every time he summited a 14er, he would you know, strip down to his tidy whities and, and kind of go Commando. We're like, okay, so, this, so we'll have some fun with this, and we'll just kind of say, you know, Commando Coconut Crunch will give you energy whether you decide to go Commando or not, you know, elite operations with or without underpants kind of thing, you know. So it's, uh, we had some fun with it, and uh, it was a way for us to actually improve on some flavors that we were trying to bring about. Um, that make more sense now. Um, and how many of these commando bars do you have to eat before you're allowed to just go commando? Zero. You can do that if you want, no matter. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's uh, the, this is a really fun. This is I'm, I'm very, very excited about the tactical line. Um, they go live on AFI's, um this week, which is Army Air Force Exchange, and um, we're going to start working with um, various branches um, here pretty soon. But we just launched them a couple weeks ago, so we're People who listened to uh, our discussion of the bars on the show may may recall that I am not a bar guy. Um, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just it's, it is as it is. But I will say I'm pretty excited for this coconut one because I feel like coconut is one of the few things where I'm like, yeah, that's good. And you like going commando. It's true. That's true. And just to give our listeners an idea, the the tactical line is. 2.65 ounces, 75 grams, and it has 300 calories, 14 grams of fat, and 14 grams of protein, and 7 grams of fiber, and only 18 grams of sugar. So compare that to your Builder Bar or even the Honey Stinger Big Bar, you know, like way, way more sugar. What, one thing to watch out for, though, is, you know, if uh, one of these Base Camp Banana Split Bars, um, if the packaging makes it out of your pocket and onto the ground... You might have a hard time finding it again, so really make sure you're uh, taking care of that trash. Going back to the original flavors for a second, I pretty much I'm I'm been accused of being a mono eater my whole life, so I only do the Buzz Bar, the one that has caffeine. And my idea for a new bar is one that has double the caffeine, mm-hmm. so it can be like the morning buzz, you know, <laughs> like the AM yeah. buzz and the PM buzz, you know. Um, and depending on how much elevation you gain, you have maybe you want that double yeah. caffeine at 4 p.m. You know, so uh, any thoughts about doubling the caffeine for um, future flavors? You know, for you, we'll we'll do you a private batch for those. But <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned that because <clears throat> there's this great coffee company up in Evergreen called Bivouac Coffee. Um, they're the first sus- truly sustainable um, roasted coffee. So for people that don't know how the manufacturing for coffee works, the water that's used to wash them, um, coffee in the process, the beans and the, the cherry beans, is uh, it comes the wastewater from that is extremely uh, polluting, um, almost as bad as if not worse than wastewater from, you know coming from sewers. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. So this company <clears throat> has found a way to. Uh, completely sustainably so, uh, sourced coffee and then sustainably manufactured, and the coffee is really, really good. Um, they do a special blend just for our mocha bar, and we're going to start doing um, private late. We're going to start packaging coffee to go with our mocha as, as a kind of double buzz pack uh, on our website. So you can drink your coffee while you're camping and then dip one of our mocha bars in there. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be instant. We're we're gonna we're gonna do it as whole bean first, and then see if people want to do they um want to do an instant. Certainly, Alpine Start and, and Starbucks Via kind of 
own that market a little bit, but that doesn't mean that you can't find a way to roll in something else. I mean, the sustainability portion of what Bivouac is doing, I think, is um, in the fact that it tastes really, really good. Um, and then they do a lot of sustain. They do a lot of stuff with nonprofits like American Alpine Club. That's actually how we met them. Was doing. We both co-funded a uh, research grant on climate action here in Colorado. So. Um, I think that alone would get people to say, like, hey, maybe I'm going to buy that instead of Starbucks. So, And one of the things I love about the Buzz Bar is that there's little chunks, little nibs of, of coffee bean in there. And um, I would love it if it had, like, whole coffee beans just, like, stuck to the top. You know what I mean? That would just be so good. Like, just, like, crunch on the outside. Yeah, and maybe we can have, you know, we can feature their coffee on a show. I know Out of Order's just, like, he's all about the coffee, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, apparently P.O.D. would like you to just make her, like, a cocaine-laced, yeah. possibly, you know, just, like, with chunks. Like, maybe just put rocks in there so it's extra crunchy. <laughs> I would not recommend that for anyone else, but sure. <laughs> I, and I've got a name for that one already. Hippo. Cocaine hippos. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> cocaine hippo would be a big seller. Did you guys have any other questions that you wanted to ask Mr. Four Points? I was wondering if you're going to make any with like more berries, like more berry, 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 berry. Um, you know, we've actually been always, I'm a blueberry guy. I would have, I've been trying to do a blueberry one for a while. Um, it is really hard uh, in fact, we have not been able to find uh, blueberries done that are not infused with cane sugar. Um, and so that's the only reason why we haven't done one yet is because we don't have added sugars in our bars. So um, we have tried it with that, and it, they're they're delicious. Uh, they're a little sweeter because, again, those, those blueberries that are dried, they're usually infused. Um, so as soon as somebody's coming out with one that's, that's, that's not that way, um, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I always wanted to do like an, an orange blueberry combo because I'm a Bronco fan. And then we've got, we've got a nifty, we, we, we had some nifty names. I don't remember. And we'll have to go back to the, to the vault for that. But, uh, I think those would go over really well and maybe they get sold at the stadium. Who knows? Throw the Tim Tebow name on there. Um, can save you. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to wrap up here. Uh, we really appreciate the, uh, the discount that you gave us earlier last year and we, um, certainly purchased a bunch of bars and have tried those and loved them and uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing uh, with your business outside of your business to try to sustain and protect our public lands and is there anything else that you wanted to add before we sign off go buy some bars help support us and we'll help keep supporting the lands you play on so and the people that protect us that's right that's right, the people that protect us. All right, so you hear it, heard it here. Go get your Four Points bars. The tactical bars are a little bit more pricey. The price point's a little higher, but they are a giant bar. And, I mean, that's going to last you like five hours. So, you know, go for it. All right, thanks so much for being with us. That was a cool interview. Yeah, and I wanted to mention I had forgot in the, in the interview we talked about a, a bar with double the caffeine. And I know Kevin's listening right now. And I want him to name that bar. Name that bar. I want him to name it Don Patrol. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it was a cool interview. Uh, so cool. thanks, Kevin, for that. Thanks for what you're doing. Really cool guys. Um, and really great bars. Bars. We get an email this month, P.O.D. We did. Let me just go through my uh, wrinkled pages here. Wrinkled and wrinkled. There was an yeah. incident with the printer earlier. There was. Our pages look like little accordions, but that's all right. Good to hear Michigan getting some continued love on the trail show. I don't think people realize just how much trail we have here. 13,000 miles just on state land, not counting pictured rocks, Isle Royale, and other federal land, 
or the huge amount of trails in metro parks, land cons- conservancies, etc. We are the trail state after all. Seems appropriate we get some love from the trail show, even if none of us ever listen. Hmm. Now, I got to figure out how to send you some Sheboygan Brewing beer. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second before I finish. Okay. Sheboygan. What about it? I mentioned it on the last show or yeah. two shows ago. You shut me down. You said Sheboygan is in Wisconsin. And Sheboygan with a C-H is in Michigan, which is what I thought. And I had no idea about Sheboygan with a C-H. Yeah. So I stand corrected. Yes. I apologize to you and to Trail Show Nation. And, and to everyone in Michigan. And to Anthony Pitts. Yeah. Yeah. See you on the trail. Tony, no one calls me Anthony, and I really need to hike a long trail so I can get a trail name and, and you can stop using Peach Pits. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll just start calling you Tony the Brad. Tony Pitts. Macaroni Pits. Boom, bam. All right, our second item of the night is from New Orleans. It says, Hey, TTS, it's Kevin Moby Durham from New Orleans. I just sent in what I hope is a makeup donation from my last one a year ago. It's hard to ship the beer I'd like to ship from NOLA to you, so I sent a trail show donation that I hope will get some beers for you all. And maybe some leftover to get chocolate for afters. Actually, I'm going to spend all of it on chocolate. No, I want beer. (laughs) All right, he goes on to say, I write because a recent episode of TTS mentioned a Florida Everglades hiker being bitten by an alligator. If you recall, I wrote you about a year ago about my plans to do some of the Florida Trail. In January this year, I did about a 120-mile section solo of the Panhandle through the Apalachicola National Forest, roughly from Tallahassee to Panama City. It was five days of walking through Longleaf Pines and Palmetto Forest. What I thought was fun was how loud the bobcats were every night screaming at each other and how active a black bear population there is. By the way, that if you've ever heard a bobcat screaming at night, you will never forget that, that sound. Is that crazy? Yeah, it sounds like someone is literally dying in oh, the woods. Nice. Right beside your tent. Lovely. All right, he goes on to say the bobcats were pretty cool to hear. Oh, he has, you skipped a part. It says, it's an area where they release problem black bears from nearby communities. <laughs> That's great. That's always uh, that's always makes you feel good when you're, you know, it's just gotten dark and you're trying to go to sleep. Camping with problem bears. Yeah. The bobcats are pretty cool to hear, but as one is prone to do in bear country, I thought every sound outside my tent at night was a curious black bear. I had all the bear canister precautions in effect. That was especially so the third morning when I was awakened by the sound of aggressive sniffling, sniffing, sniffing, very close to my head. I use a Six Moon Designs Lunar Solo tent that has a mesh opening around the bottom perimeter, right at sniffing height. It was just about sunrise, 6.30 a.m.-ish, and about 32 degrees, and I laid there completely silent. I tried to process what I heard. In the time of morning, I had my watch alarm set for 6.45 a.m. without moving. A few minutes of no sniffing gave me the chance to check my watch and unset the alarm. Another minute or so of silence and I slowly looked over through the mesh and there it was. The sniffing and whimpering snout of a beagle. (laughs) (laughs) A hunting beagle with a GPS collar. I knew it was open gun hunting season and during the day I was appropriately equipped with a blaze orange vest 
which I kept tied to the top of my pack during the day in my tent at night. And I was hiking in a turquoise beanie, hat, hoodie thing, and bright blue plaid shirt. I politely but loudly told the sniffing beagle to go away, which startled it and got me a sorry friend from the <laughs> owner of the beagle in his truck about 100 yards away. Anyway, it's another aspect to the Florida Trail, at least those in the panhandle during winter open gun season. I actually met with and was given a, a few several mile roadwalk rides from these hunters, and they were great folks. Very inquisitive and gave me all kinds of extra water, Mountain Dews, and Bologna sandwiches. Not bad choices, went on trail. Mm-hmm. Should have had a four points bar, man. If you want to see some of my pics from that Florida Trail hike, you can check them out on Instagram at Durham Kevin, which is D-E-R-H-A-M Kevin, or hashtag Durham Kevin. Durham. Durham. Keep up the good work, trail show. Kevin, Moby, Durham, go real Tigers. Kevin and I are both That's alumni right. of Clemson University. Go Tigers. I think go Davos. I think he's part German. Durham. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a German thing? Der means the. It's the masculine the. I thought it was dirty das. They all mean the. Der, der, der. Well, der. Der, der is the masculine. Der's not in dirty das. Well, whatever. Der. Der ham. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay, very good. That's it for mailbag, oh, but we did have right. some donors this month, right? We did have some donors. Well, Moby was our, our one-off as well. I'm going to read the one-offs first. Moby. Moby, thank you so much for the, the giant donation. Appreciate that. It's going to buy me a lot of chocolate and four points bars. Um, Richard Glasgow sent us coffee and granola, as well as some black beans. Uh, yeah, what He's kind of black beans? Just black beans. He sent me some like black beans. Dehydrated, refried. No, he sent me uh, whole, whole kernel black beans. It was a joke because he sent me these bags. So he roasts his own coffee. So they're okay. in like the vacuum, co- not vacuum, but they're in those coffee bags that has a little breathing hole. Yeah, thing they're like they're an sealed. aluminum. Yeah, pouch and thing. one of them said medium roast, one of them said light roast, and then one of them didn't say anything, and I was like, hmm, that's weird. And then just the other day, I noticed that bag had come open in the pantry, Uh-oh. and it was had black beans in it instead of coffee. What? And I emailed him and said, "Did you also send me? I mean, I'm not disappointed. I Were love they black roasted? beans. No, no. He said he, he said you said on the last show that you appreciate a good joke. So anyway, haha. It's true. She does. It's it is a joke, but at the same time, I if you're gonna send black beans to person, I'm the person. Oh, I so. yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm more of a pinto bean guy. I know, but I will eat black beans exactly. Okay, so we've got Bernard Wolf, who was recently at the Rockies Rock. Thank you for all your help. Gummy Bear. Russ, not Fuss Kinder. Russ. Craig Pisco Gully. What a guy. Christmas. Gringo. Bobby Walters. Beats. Richard Glasgow. I need it. Richard Granola Glasgow. <laughs> Joshua Bow Down to Job Bowden. Trevor Smoke It If You Got It Bullman. Sean Weedman. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Spark it up. They're all in the same hangout group, you know. Yep. Diane Pinkers. Diane. David Bullapasta, as big as your month-old baby. Hey. Biddy. Justin Knowles. Quality. Jer- Jason Lurch, not Church. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Hey, by the way, Rudy just dropped the episode where he let me 
guest host and, oh. and interview Yetka Wynn about her book, Beer Hiking Colorado. It looks like a good book. I was leafing through it. Yeah, it's cool. It pairs up beers with hikes. That's awesome. What an idea. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Axel. The Weekend. Yep, the pop star of the weekend. Uh, Steven the Hustler Russell. You got to know when to fold them. Ammon the Brute Bruce. Brute, send us some promos. It's been too long. Yeah, Renee Shira Patrick. Hey. Wesley the Haggis Addict Greenwood. I need it. He needs to link up with Squatch. Kevin Chickpea Cross and Sasha Honeydew Codette. Or maybe it's Coday, like Colbert. Could be. Uh, Tebow, not Tim Williams. Praise Tim. Tommy the Meat Popsicle Stevens. Joseph Pecoraro. Hey, Joe. Brandon Lostball's Love Lady. Lostball. She-Ra the Switchblady and Brian the Big McNamara. Patty Sisu Matascala. Forget about it. Phil Felipe. Gilbert. Hey, now. Kill Bill Cottrell. Good movie. Clayton the Masters Masterson. Bat. Dave the Geode Hale. Geode. By the way, he used to have a different trail name, and I gave him that name just because I know about You gave him the different one or the current one? The current one, because he's a geologist. Mm. And he told me that he asked his wife about his old name versus his new name. What'd she say? She said she likes the new one, so he's switching over. I thought she liked the old one. No. So so he's going with the geode. I think he's going with the geode. Dave, you can correct me if that's incorrect. Hannah Dykstra, Steven swept away, but last TTS, y'all called me Robinson. I'm going with that from now on. Hood. Hood. Tony Pitts. Tony the Brad Pitts. That's right. I like it. Bob Deathmarch Trombley. DMT, the God Molecule. Rachel Dibama Die Merchant. Dibama. Eric Adequate Johnson. <laughs> Dan, that, that, that was, that's his trail name. Dan T. Hompson. Is, that, is he any relation to A.A. Ron? He is. Okay. Cousins. Very good. Martin the Rawest Water Swank. The what? Who? The rawest water. Oh, swank. he's a, he's one of those raw water people. Yeah, huh? he invented it. Like P Mags and Dilo. Mm-hmm. Martin Martin Swank actually sent us beer for this trail show, but we are holding on to it for the next one. And we are all hopefully back together again. Back together. So, uh, yeah, and then Ryan Wagner and the last day of the weekend sent us beer from Florida. Thanks, guys. Our roll well, Ryan's is from Cali. Speaking of which. We just we, we, we tasted the Florida beers. Those were great. Thank you. Pull and up that bottle. Can I read it? Yeah, go for it. This is delicious. We've never actually gotten to the end of that loop I know. before. All right, we've got uh, from Mammoth Brewing Company in Mammoth Lakes, California. We've got the Yosemite Pale Ale, which we just cracked. It's quite lovely. POD. Here's what it says. Yosemite Pale Ale comes at you with a piney citrus hop nose, then flows into a peppery malt body. And mellows out with a smooth, <laughs> clean bitterness, reminiscent of Yosemite Falls during a nice spring runoff. Dear Casey. Okay. Yeah. I, f- I feel like they could have left out the last line. Well, no, there's more. Oh. Go. It, a here quote we go. from a quote from none really other than John Muir. Waxing poetic here. I'm sure John Muir would love that his words are printed. Yeah, on a beer bottle. bottle. Come on. It says, and every turn offered picture postcard views. Of the valley's soaring granite cliffs, so majestic that early visitors compared them to the walls of Gothic cathedrals. No wonder many 19th century travelers who visited Yosemite saw it as a new Eden. John Muir, 18, I don't know, there's actually no year. And that, that that's my, that's how I think John Muir might talk, but oh, I, totally, I kind of doubt obviously. it. Oh, totally, obviously. 
Anyway, 5.5% ABV. It's quite delicious. If you're in Mammoth Lakes, go get you a pint or three or maybe just eight ounces. Yeah, it's quite tasty. It's, you know, it is kind of hoppy for a pale ale, I will say. And I'm not an IPA person, so I generally don't like that. But this, it's it's a well-balanced hop and it's it's tasty. It's a well-balanced hop. I tell you what, we've got a a few moments before we talk to Dilo. Have you done any trips this past yonder? I I don't know when the last show was, but not really. I've been uh, just trying to get back into shape. Yeah, you Uh, had the crud, right? Yeah. Well, I broke my foot and then or my toes and then But you're you're past yeah, that. Yeah, past that and then I got sick in January. Um and then it turns out I kind of uh screwed up my body because of the weird boot I had to wear or shoe I had to wear on my foot. Yeah. So there's something going on. I have some you know, dissymmetry muscle dissymmetry with my hips and my glutes because of that problem so i'm trying to work on fixing that right now but i've just been going out around here on salida trying to go do some trail runs and walking because walking actually kind of helps put the symmetry back but i did go to the ruck last weekend yeah so that was fun got to saw a bunch of see a bunch of people and didn't you present i did present and um also, uh, mention I, um, I I went to the Mont Bell store. I know that doesn't sound that exciting to some people, but it's an event for me because I live far away from places like that. Yeah, you live about three hours from that store. So uh, anyway, just got to say, if you are ever find yourself in Colorado, there's one in Denver and there's one in Boulder, and they, they don't. I don't know that they have Mont Bell stores anywhere else. No, there's some in Japan. Yeah, so it kind of is a big deal. Anyway. I, I just got to say, go check it out because they have an entire upstairs that's all sale items and I got myself a new jacket. Hey now. So I'm pretty excited about that. But yep. that was it. Just lots of hiker time. Was there a good turnout at the Ruck? Yep. How many? Uh, Probably like 100 people. Oh, that is good. Yeah. And they've since canceled all the other Rucks. So yeah, I heard that. So, you know, it's just kind of how. And actually, I actually have a trail tip. Please. Should I, I queue up yes. that music? So my trail tip is if you were planning on traveling internationally international uh to go hiking or if you were planning to come to the US and from a different country to go hiking and your plans are getting squashed by the travel bans and by flight the restrictions and and the choice to to kind of self quarantine not quarantine but just hey stay in you know don't go to social gatherings be smart let's try to stop the madness yeah. Um, my trail tip for you is the three A's. Accept, adapt, and appreciate. So accept that you have no control over what's happening right now. Adapt. Let go of whatever plans you had. And and then either come up with new plans, postpone a year, uh, hike locally, hike in your own country, um, do some other project instead, and appreciate. Appreciate that um, you're healthy that you're doing the right thing, that in in most places the leaders are trying to do the best they can to to keep this thing contained. Um, and, you know, so anyway, that's my trail tip is the three A's about your travel plans if they've been canceled because of the virus. And social distancing doesn't mean isolation, you know? Yeah. Like, 
you can call your neighbors, text them, your friends, make sure your f- people are doing okay. If someone gets sick, hey, go leave food on their doorstep. You yeah. know, um, there's also Skype and FaceTime exactly. and don't Google let, Duo. Don't let people who are alone go through the virus by themselves. If you know someone who lives alone and they get the virus, make sure you're checking up on them, even if it's just via the phone, so that yeah. they don't have to go through it alone. Yes, good advice. Um, as far as trips for me, I drove 12 hours to Great Falls, Montana on Wednesday. And then I had a meeting and then I drove 12 hours from Great Falls, Montana back to Denver on Thursday. And I haven't been to Montana in a while. Um, I mean, we hiked there in 06 on the CDT. I think I've been back once since then, but it was kind of cool to go up there. Yeah. And we actually had decent weather for the drive. And, and and you went with someone who's never been out there before. Yeah, I actually went from a guy from the um, I went with a guy from the East Coast who'd never been to Montana, and it was kind of like it was cool to be in the vehicle with him because he was just blown away the whole time. And you know, I've lived in the Rocky Mountain West now for 15 years, and I mean, I've kind of gotten used to the views, but it's kind of cool to see it through new eyes again through him. So that was a fun, it was a fun drive. It wasn't hiking, but, um, and speaking of hiking, I have been doing just some local hiking. Uh, even got out for an hour today. Nice. Although all that time in the car has made me, um, my hiking muscles need to be revamped. Um, but yeah, I've been doing some local hikes too around the S mountain trails. Things are melting. The temperatures yep. are finally starting to warm up. We've been having those days in the sixties again which is quite lovely, but the trails are kind of in that muddy in that stage. transition phase where there's dry trail, muddy trail, snow and ice trail. So it's like a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. It can get a little sloppy. Well, I tell you what, uh, we are going to take one more break. When we come back, we've got Delo with Ask a Hiker. So don't go anywhere. The trail show will be back. You know who from up high, and I never listen to the trail show. All right, we're back, baby. We got Mike DiLorenzo's Ask a Hiker. I think we're going to be Skyping with Delo here in two and two. Uh, let's see. We'll get the scoop on Boulder. We'll get the scoop on Boulder. We'll find out what Delo's up to. There he is right now. Trail show hotline. This is the trail show. Go. Uh, hello, hold on. What? Hello? Are you calling from a can of Coke? Yeah, where are you? In the bottom of the toilet? What's going on? I'm from my phone, like you always tell me to do when I use this weird Skype thing. So I'm on the Skype. Okay, you, actually, oh. you sound quite good. Yeah, now you sound better. Okay. I, I know I sound good. I always sound good. <laughs> but I have a good voice for radio. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, or I should say my face was made for radio. That's that's, a, that's, that's Max's line. Yeah, that's P Max. Come on, man. Oh, that, okay, never mind. Hey, what's going on in Salida? Are we recording? We yeah. are. Yep, we're we're on air. We're live. Um, Salida is good. We just watched the sunset out towards the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. 
How are you guys doing in Boulder? Uh, we're doing good. We are. Uh, we're hanging in there. We're we got a lot of kids hanging out around the house and stuff. Okay. Um, school is canceled next week, and uh, spring break is the following week, and we may or may not go down to the Panhandle of Texas to go camping in some canyons. Really? Um, well, we had these plans. The plans were were made. We've got reservations. All these families were going, but okay. Um, little. I, it's it's kind of a good place to be, kind of way out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Right. Totally. I would I, be concerned about if you're staying in hotels or anything along the way. That's my only... Stay in a hotel on the way down, but that's not my concern. My concern is the children. Yeah. Children, right. like, if it was just adults, it would be like, yeah, let's go. Awesome. But it's like adults and all these kids. Yeah. And they're going to be flying and running around, and Mateo's going to be, like, climbing on the big kids, and it's just like... Oh. Yeah, Dilo, we had something, Spesh brought up something, a story in Trail News that we needed to consult with you about. It was about apparently a Mm three-year-old has just been documented as the youngest hiker ever to hike the Trans-Catalina Trail, which is about 40 miles. So our question to you is this, like when (laughs) Leo or Mateo were three years old, is there any way they could have hiked 40 miles? Um, Over four days. Over four days? Ten yep. miles a day. Three-year-old hiking ten miles a day? Yep. Yep. <sighs> I mean, it could be possible, but it just sounds like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not with Boulder Kids, anyway. Yeah. It just uh, sounds like... <laughs> yeah, of course. Had to was get it big, in there. Yeah. You know? Anyway... Well, let's let's do some uh, Mask a Hiker. And Dilo, you can't hear your music, but I promise you it's playing in the background. That's right. I love that music. I miss, I miss that music. I miss you guys. We I miss know, you, man. man. It's been a while. It's been too long. Yeah. Yeah. Might be a bit longer, too. Yeah. yeah. Might be. Might be. So I don't have... I don't have question number two. I don't know what the San Juan's high route is. Oh, okay. I'll fill in on that one. Okay. Um, all right. Question number one. Got a trail road question. When you're faced with a road walk, I know you walk on the side of the road, but do you, don't, but do you walk with or against traffic? Hmm. My wife tells me that the rule for runners is to go against traffic, but it seems unnatural. Supporting evidence to prove her incorrect would be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's that R. <clears throat> okay. So I, I thought about this a little bit, and for the most part, you walk facing traffic. Yeah. And that's simple. That it, you can see the cars coming, right? So that they're not coming from behind you. So that if there's an erratic driver who's losing control. Or someone who's looking at their phone. Yeah. Yeah. Or anything like that. You see them before they, if they don't see you and you can hopefully, you know, jump out of the way or something. But yeah. if you happen to be kind of like against traffic and you're going around a curve and the oncoming traffic can't see you. Then, then I actually switched to the other side of the road. Yeah, exactly. My shoulder just to make sure. But I, I, so like if I come, if I'm on the left side of the road and then there's a curve to the left, I'll actually switch to the right side and then just to, to, until I get around the curve so that, uh, so that I'm not completely blind, you know, cause yeah. they won't see me at all then. So. Yeah. I would second all of that D-Lo. I, I, I too prefer to walk against traffic just cause I feel like I don't want to get you know, slammed into from behind while I'm road walking. Cause more often than not, I'm, I've got head, you know, 
I've got in yeah. some sort of earbuds or headphones and I'm listening to podcasts or I don't know the trail show, but yeah, if it's a sketchy blind curve, I will absolutely switch sides of the road as needed. And now, do we have any supporting evidence to prove Matt R's wife wrong? Not no, really. No, no, because because the prevailing rule is against traffic. Right. Yeah, I feel like I wish we had an apprentice. You know, kind of like Joe Rogan does. He's got Jamie there. Wish we had you know Jamie to kind of look this up right now. Like, hey, hey, Jamie, would you? Uh, get some- <laughs> we we do need a Jamie. Yeah, you need well, a Jamie. but but I think I mean. That's the prevailing rule. Like when you're doing roadwalk, I mean, that's the prevailing rule. And then with the corners things, you switch sides, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so, I, I think that is the rule for runners though, um, is that you run against traffic. Yeah. And so. when we were in New Zealand, we did a ton of darting back and forth oh on crazy roads because it was so windy. <laughs> so you're like, all right, completely silent. Do you hear any cars? Run to the other side, go around that curve, then run to the other side. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) yeah we got question number two which i don't i don't know what it is the san juan's high route was it was a question about that right pod yeah so i can't i don't remember who sent me the question but someone sent me sorry listener um you know i just this is how i am i'm not good with details uh someone said had i ever heard of the san juan's high route and I was like, no, I, I haven't. But I, haven't I just Googled it and Backpacker has printed an article or has published an article about the San Juan's high, high, high route. So um, if people are interested, there is a Backpacker article about it. Now, I will say I got to believe that part of that is the CDT. Yeah. Because the CDT stays pretty high in the San Juan's. But if you're talking about like parts of the San Juan's like... To go on those ridges, I mean... In the summer, afternoon? Well, it doesn't matter. Like, some of the other ridges, not the CDT one. Okay. But some of the other adjacent ridges and ridges in the San Juans are so crazy technical. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not hiking, it's climbing. No, it's... it's yeah. I think they, I think they call it the Wimanooch High Route. Maybe. Really? That's a thing? Yeah. 50.5, this is on Backpacker.com. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 50.5 mi- mile hike. Runs south north north across Endlich Mesa, Silver Mesa, the Needle Mountains, Grenadier Range, Highland Mary Plateau, and Arasta and Spencer Basins before plunging straight into downtown Silverton. Did you say Arasta? Yeah, did you say Rasta? Uh yeah, it's uh, Arastra. Oh, Arastra. oh, oh actually I don't think that is the C D T. That doesn't sound like no, any part of the C D T. Not at all. I actually did look it up. When this person, this gentleman originally contacted me and I was like, wow, that actually looks pretty cool. But um, anyway, if you're interested in the Sierra in the San Juan high route, there's a backpacker uh, article about it. And then you can uh, come on the show. Talk to us about it. Yeah. And there's there's routes and there's numbers and there's a a line across the map. Oh, a line across. Should I cut the map out for navigation? Take it with me. No, I think you would need uh, you Uh, would need um, why uh, you would need uh you know, 4G coverage for okay. the entire user's map. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Does PMAGS <laughs> have GPS points we can download for this route? Uh, he does not, but um, I think Backpacker does. Okay. They've got on premium bus maps, send a view ranger app. So I think you can get uh, you can get super high tech with with this map. Is and, there uh, is there a patch? Is there a patch that I, don't I know. can sell on my 
coat afterwards. Oh, you sew you sew patches on your coats? No. Yeah, when I do a trail, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I put I used to put stickers on my car. You know, Dilo, <laughs> uh, I usually go to pmags.com to look up my GPS coordinates, but you're telling me I need to go to backpacker.com now? Actually, backpacker.com has waypoints here. With, uh, yes, with coordinates and everything. Weemanooch triple zero one, Weemanooch triple zero two. Oh, okay. yeah. wow. Okay. Well, all right, let's move on to question number three. Actually, they don't even have a trail description. They just have route. They just have uh, waypoints. <laughs> so it's like good luck here's here's some data good luck with the route well you know just to interject uh i know that the punisher she told me that i think on the arizona trail when she and mike hiked last summer yeah they ran into through hikers that had downloaded the waypoints from gut hooks but they didn't have any topo maps on top of it so they literally just had waypoints. Like on their phone screens. On their phone screens. So they were just walking. But no from actual trails or topo maps. So they were going dot to dot on a screen that had nothing in the background. Yes. That, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I mean, fortunately, the Arizona Trail is pretty, mostly pretty well maintained. But. Uh, you you want to, no, 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 no. And the, I don't think they had paper maps either. So you want to know where it's flat, so where you, so you can see. Yeah. That. Well, you want to, yeah, you want to know camp camp opportunities and. Well, here's the thing. Water origins. Here's I the don't thing. Know. If they had the topo maps in the background on their phones, it would not weigh a single gram more no, than not having. I think what it had to do. What she told me is that they downloaded oh the waypoints, God. but they didn't want to run the app because they didn't understand how to exit out of the app, and so it was sucking all the battery. Out uh, of their phone. This is easy. You I know put, you just you close. You, you put your phone in airplane mode and you turn on battery saver, and you can turn dim the brightness. And no, I, I know, but but for for like some of those apps, um, you like for example for Gaia, if you're using Gaia, you pull it up on your phone to check your location. Yeah. And then you just turn your phone off. It continues running even if you're on uh, airplane battery saver. So, so you want to X out, and okay. then you can. You well, know, save battery. Anyway, I, I can speak to it directly real quick. I hiked the Arizona Trail and I use Gut, Gut Hooks Arizona Trail app. Gut well, Hook. Gut Hook. <laughs> and I use the offline mode all the time. Oh, okay. And I had it in airplane mode, battery saver, know. and it did not drain my phone. It seems like at all. they probably have some other problems with. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Hey, POD and Disco. Yeah. Um, that's great. I'm glad that you both know how to use your electronic devices to minimize the drain on the batteries. <laughs> um, and I think that's actually a great ask a hiker question that maybe we can ask at a later date and go into some details. About. Yeah, sure. But I wanted to bring it back to the Weemanooch High Route. Oh, yeah. We... Is that what we were talking about? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, Data points. I, this is interesting. Um, this is this is quoting from Backpacker Magazine here, backpacker.com. Despite often steep terrain, there's no exposed scrambling that requires ropes no. unless you go in spring when an ice axe and or crampons would also be useful for steep snow. Huh. Well, there Oops. you go. That trail seems to me just um, off the brief information I've got about it. That, that'd be, that seems like more of a, let's hike that after lightning season. So I'm thinking early Ooh. fall. Yeah. September would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm, if you, if you can take off in September, that's a great idea. Well, you yeah. have to make priorities, beauty. Okay. I'll quit my job. You can just support me. Well, shit. All right. Let's go yeah, to question number three. This guy doesn't work too much. He could take off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. 
right. I think I got another question here. Yeah. All right. Question number three. What do I do with my old sleeping bags? Mm. I have two 20-plus-year-old sleeping bags. They don't keep me warm. It's too heavy to carry two. Two <laughs> T-W-O. T-W-O. Yeah, I don't want to carry two sleeping bags. They would keep me super warm, but they're too heavy. Any ideas would be appreciated. And while I oftentimes forget to listen to the trail show, I always like listening to the trail show. Mm. And that question is from Shep. Shep. Wow. Local. Yep. Very good. Yep. I got two words. Blow torch. Yeah. No. Just come kidding. On, I'm man. just kidding. Come on. That's horrible advice. Yeah, that's like bad for the atmosphere, right? Well, I see you're, you're burning like some nylon and some goose down. Maybe. Like they might be synthetic. No, uh, he says they're down. Like, then you're just unleashing petroleum distillates into the atmosphere. I mean, I've got a couple ideas, and I think there's actually a lot of answers to this question, but I, I would say. You know, he's got two old sleeping bags he's looking to get rid of. It sounds like they're still usable. So the first thing I would recommend is washing and <laughs> washing them both thoroughly. All right? Mm -hmm. um, All right. That brings us to point number two, which is you can either try to sell them on eBay or GearTrade or one of those websites. But if they're not really worth selling and you wouldn't get much money for them, you could always donate those sleeping bags. Dilo, where could someone donate sleeping bags if they were clean sleeping bags if they were so inclined? Man, I don't know. I mean, you could probably just drop them off at Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably the best idea, yeah. actually. You I, know, I I'm gonna you ask. Know, Boulder has a Boulder has a store called the Sports Recycler, but I don't yeah. know if they'd want to like take your like beat sleeping bag. That yeah, there's no the, a lot of people have restrictions about sleeping bags, particularly that's because true. of. How gross people are when they're generally when they're using them. Yeah. Um, what would be cool if they were both down sleeping bags. If you could like take the filling. That's out what of I one. was thinking. You know, I'm actually gonna like... I'm actually gonna pose this question to Catabatic because they're here in town, uh -huh. and maybe I'll follow up on the next show. And maybe make, I'll forget. They make but, sleeping. Um, bags. They make sleeping bags, so they might have some inside information about what. And also, Six Moons. Do they make sleeping bags? I don't no. think so. Okay. Well, Catabatic does. Uh, Mont Bell does. Um, so I might ask those two companies about, is there anything to do with sleeping bags once they're, once yeah. they're used like down oh. sleeping bags and synthetic sleeping bags? What, what yeah. do we do with them? But, but with, with good care, doesn't a sleeping bag just last like forever? I, I think so. I mean, I've had, I've got a Western mountaineering down sleeping bag that I've had since 2006 and you know, it might not quite be as warm as it was when I bought it, but it's still very yeah, much usable. Yeah, I, I think what happens is even if you keep it clean, a lot of it depends on how you store it. So most of us, um, back you in the day, we we took our down sleeping bags and packed them into a bag and squished them and squished them. So what's happening when you're doing that is you're actually breaking down some of that down. You're going to break some of those little microfibers that, you know, keep the, the feathers buoyant. And I, I think over time, it, it is going to lose, no matter how clean it is, it's going to lose some ability to maintain the heat. So the rating is just not going to be as great. Um, yeah. And I think it depends on how you've stored them since then. Like, did you put them in the giant cloth bag? Did you wash them and put them in the giant cloth bag? Or have you kept it in a compression sack? You know, if you've kept it in a compression sack, that's not going to be great for the... Right. For right. all the down, the little hairs that get broken off, you know, but um, I don't know. I don't know if it be, if it becomes brittle ever or, you know, if uh, just washing it, you can 
restore most of the the heat qualities. Um, but I'm going to ask uh, the catabatic folks and see see what they have I to think say. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And you know what? I, I, the other thing I'll throw out there is that at this moment in time, I only own one sleeping bag. And throughout oh. throughout like the last twenty plus years, I've owned a lot no, of sleeping two. bags. Well, yeah, one sleeping bag and one quilt. I have a sleeping bag. Don't you have your your? Uh, oh, you're underwear? right. I do. Yeah. I do. A good point. But I, you know, what I've done with the other ones is like I would only use them for about four or five years, and then I'd sell them on eBay, and they were in relatively good condition. One of them was only a year or two old, and I just didn't like the way it fit, so I sold it on BackpackingLight.com's Gear Swap. Um, but yeah, if, if the bag or the quilt or whatever it is, isn't too old, you can likely sell it used, but yeah, if it's 20 years old, you're probably not going to be able to sell right. that thing. So you're going to have to donate it. I will say if you, if you are going to drop it off at Goodwill, please, uh, wash it first with down soap and a front loading washer. Cause otherwise you're just dropping off a piece of trash. If it's down, if it's down. And if it's it's synthetic, well, do some research. I don't know what you're supposed to use yeah, on a synthetic either. bag, but I'm sure there's a special kind of soap. Do the research and and you know invest that little bit of money to make it nice, so that when the next person gets it, it's not just a a bag of trash. But I will well, follow up with Catabatic because I'm curious. And, and hopefully, Shep is listening to this episode and knows that we are thinking about him and coming up with answers for him. Yeah. The well, this is a good on. question. It is a good I question mean, because, I mean, yeah. tw- a two-decade-old sleeping bag that yeah. sounds like it's kind of done. I mean, I still have my mountain hardware from uh, I mean, the other 2008. Thing, the other thing that comes to mind is kind of what you did with an old sleeping bag you used to have, and you made it a dog bed. <laughs> I did make it into a dog bed. Yeah. And then eventually I just threw it away, I think. Because after it being a dog bed, I mean, yeah. I'm not coming back from that. Yeah. But, um, you know. Yes, yeah, especially after the dog pooped all over. No, you know, he did not. I, he I'm just never kidding. did I'm that. just kidding. But, you know, I now I, I, I use the uh, snorkel approach of I don't put my sleeping bag in a stuff sack. And I know that makes some people in the room nervous. Makes me nervous. But I use a trash compactor bag inside my backpack and I put my sleeping bag in there. And it still, you know, gets everything on top of it. So it still gets crushed a little bit, but it's less crushing than a compression sack. I'm nervous. Oh, are you serious? That's how you pack your sleeping bag. And bets? it's so much faster to pack I mean, up in the this morning. Makes me nervous too, Disco. Dilo, I'm, D- I'm-, <laughs> I'm here to tell you, man, that all of the really cool kids that are ultralighters pack their sleeping bags exactly like that. Like, I don't. It gives me anxiety. Yeah, and just I'm, to think I'm about just that. gonna, for the record, I'm not a cool kid, and I'm not an ultralighter, but. I did start doing that when I started hiking with snorkel, and part of the reason is it's so much faster to pack it up. And also to unpack it at night. And that sleeping bag just, is your life, though. I if know. that thing gets wet, you're you are in trouble. I know, but I, I do. Keep... You trust your compactor bag? Yes. There's no pinholes in it. There's no. no. Uh, Dilo, what do you think? I change um, out my trash compactor bags pretty regularly. You know, I I I have everything in a trash in a trash bag in my pack, and then I have stuff sacks that are all lined with plastic bags themselves. You know. Oh wow! You I'm take too, it an extra step. I I do I do I don't know if it's necessary, but I, I I that's my style. That's what I've been doing for years. That's just how I roll. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so for me to just stuff a sleeping bag in the bottom of my pack and like start throwing stuff in there, I just feel like all. <laughs> Like the world, like to me, like just the the messiness. That it's that not. Is like, stuff in there, stuff is over here. Well, I, I have a system. So 
Let, let's get into the weeds here for a second. I have a system. I have my okay. bottom trash compactor bag, which I put my uh, my uh, sleeping bag, my sleeping pad, which is rolled mm-hmm. up because I use an inflatable pad, and all my warm clothes that I would never access during the day. Okay. Okay. So I put all those in there. And, and that's at the very bottom of your backpack. That's at the very bottom. And then I twist that off. Okay. And I stuff mm-hmm. it down behind the bag so it's against my back, like behind the trash compactor bag. And then I have another trash compactor bag that holds my mm. OP sack and um, my satellite food bag and my rain gear and other whatever things I might access during the day. Um, Duo c- trash compactor bags. Yes. Because I don't want... One of the reasons is because I don't want, I want there to be some separation between church and state, my that and my food bags and my sleeping stuff. Okay. So I have the OP sack is the next thing that goes on top. And that in theory, if it's not compromised is Mm. a barrier, but it's like trash compactor bag, then my stuff, then trash compactor bag tied off, then another trash compactor bag bottom, then the OP sack, you know? So yeah, I, I feel like it's pretty safe. Anyway, wow. that's, so, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just been looking at some pictures of areas near the Weemanooch high route. <laughs> yeah. and it's pretty spectacular. Maybe we should do a trail show trip. Oh, uh, we, yeah. we need to do a trail that show trip. That sounds perfect. It's short. It Desperate. What is it? 50 miles or something? 50 or 80. I don't know. It says both on the website. Let's do the 80 mile one. <laughs> I don't know if there's... I don't know if it's wrong, different mileages or two different routes. We, we could actually, we could probably make it somehow into a horseshoe by coming back via the CDT or something. I, you yeah. know, I think a better trip for the trail show is, is that route known as the the Boulder County Roadwalk Traverse, the, <laughs> the, the, the BCRWT. We could just recreate the uh, the uh, beer hike that we did in Boulder many yeah. years ago. That was insane. But we'll go full pack. Yeah. Okay. We'll put full. chains. We'll put <laughs> chains in our packs and do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Dilo, uh, it's good to hear from you. Yes. And uh, yep. unfortunately, yeah, we've got our uh, next guests lined up and they're more important than you. So we're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. They're coming on at 830 Mountain Time. Yeah. That's it. All right. Well, I hope you two enjoy this uh, special trail show uh, amongst yourselves. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's a little <laughs> different. Yeah. <clears throat> Because we're all we're all trying to be socially distant from That's each right. other at this moment. We are, yeah. we are. But I think it's a good idea. Yeah. It's it, not yeah. yeah. We've had to adapt, yeah. accept, and now we're appreciating the simplicity actually of, of this format. So yeah. we're doing the three A's, people. The three A's? Yeah. Ad- accept. accept, adapt, appreciate. Oh, okay. Cool. I haven't heard of the three A's. That's, That's really Swami's great. thing. Yeah. 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 Wait, one more time for the three A's? Accept, Accept adapt, appreciate. and appreciate. He says most hikers are good at number two. Adapting. They're, they have difficulty with number one and especially number three. Yeah, I fall into that category. Instead of accepting, they just like burst out into profanities or something. Yeah. 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 Or they go yeah, forward yeah. when they shouldn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. things like that. Um, and yeah. then the appreciation part is, is tough. I've been working on that a lot myself too, but... um. You know who's really good at that is Fidget. She's really good. Well, well she has to be. I know. She has this thing called grumbling gratitudes, and I do the same thing. Like when I'm on a steep hmm. uphill and it's ridiculous or I'm feeling tired, I try to find reasons to laugh at the situation and be like, hey, 
this is a choice. Like you, you put yourself here, like, yeah, you know, right. and, um, you know, sometimes I try to fart or something. It'll make me laugh, but try. Um, <laughs> that, that's natural. That just happens. <laughs> but, uh, she does these grumbling gratitudes, like, you know, instead of, ah, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And wow, I'm so thankful that I get to hike all day. And, mm-hmm. you know, ah, it's raining and it's cold. I'm so glad that I will get to test out my sleeping bag warmth tonight. You know, <laughs> so that's special cool. does something similar too. Like Petey, I'm, s- I'm looking at a picture right now, somewhere in the Weemanooch Mountains, of some old wires oh, and and like a, a it's not it's it's a shovel it's a bucket historic um, junk. It's 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 a bucket for taking you know rocks rubble out of a mine down a zip line down some wires with wheels on top of the wires it is the most amazing yeah. piece of trash, mining trash i think i've ever seen beauty here loves that stuff that's it i'm off the trail <laughs> here I'll, I'll send you a link i'll see if okay. i can find it just do a screenshot picture. yeah we'll we'll post it on the trail show socials yeah this is great uh okay. this is all right well we gotta go man all right Cool. And you've probably uh, got some urine to drink, so we'll let you get to that. Rasta for rye. Uh, they, the, the grocery stores have no more urine. Oh, so, man. Well, there's no to- no toilet paper either. Yeah. 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 All right. All right, Dilo. We will hope, hopefully, we'll see you in person next month. That's right. All right. That would be fantastic. All, All right. You be well. Stay safe, bro. Enjoy your Good night. There Ooh. he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. He's 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 in Boulder. He's a funny one. Yep. All right, let's uh, go to the Chill Show Hotline. Yeah, we uh we need to get back to the hotline. Yeah. Let's just play them all. We can. Let's play the full jingle though. Yeah. All right. Seven two zero eight nine three twenty two sixty nine. Seven two zero Seven two zero yeah. Thank you, Axel. Yep. Let's go to the hotline. What's up, Trail Show? This is Dan, aka Loose Screws, aka Diesel Dan, aka Bigfoot. Jeez. Uh, aka too many AKs to list. <laughs> um, from Vancouver, Washington. That's Vancouver, USA, not Vancouver, A. And uh, you you might be talking about Lucky Lager, which used to be made here in Vancouver, USA. And Lucky Lager is no more, which is sad because they what? had the little puzzles in the bottle caps that I used to like to do. And uh, if I couldn't do the puzzle in the bottle cap, then it was time to stop popping bottle caps off and go to bed. Ah, uh, I see. Man, I just saw Camping Steve drinking Lucky Lager. Huh. Maybe that was an old episode. <sighs> I didn't I thought it was just a Now this ago. this guy, whatever, aka, he doesn't have a way to know when to stop drinking. Dan Luscrews, yeah. No, it's a, AKA is his name. AKA I Yeah, that's difficult. You have to find a different you have to sub in a different beverage. 
No, what he's saying is he doesn't have a way to... Because what he said was, when he can't solve the puzzle anymore, he knows, oh, it's time uh, to go to bed. He needs a beverage with a puzzle. But now he do, he just drinks until he passes out, I guess. Hmm. That's tough. It's tough. Let's go to our next call. That's what happened to Special last night. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sounds that way, doesn't it? Hey, Trail Show. This is Danny in California, and I'm calling about stickers. Uh, see, I've proudly worn a Trail Show sticker on the back of my truck. Well, I guess my truck has been wearing the sticker for the past year and a half, and uh, it is in abysmal shape. Uh, I mean, it is uh, starting to peel up from all around the edges, and peel it just looks terrible. Um, and I know it's not my truck or the weather because I got a U.S. Highway 395 sticker on the other side of the truck that I put on around the same time, and it's in perfect condition. Uh, so I really believe it's a defective sticker. Hmm. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure the sticker is still under warranty. So I'd like to file a claim and um, get a replacement sticker. Um, so please let me know whatever paperwork I have to fill out in order to file a claim. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure the warranty uh, covers uh this sticker so uh, anyway please let me know i'd appreciate it thanks a lot bye-bye danny california you're in luck i'm a licensed insurance agent and i can handle oh, your claim nice uh just shoot me an email and we will get that claim started and we'll get you squared away all right let's go to larry boy uh, what calling from florida hey uh it's larry boy um Turns out it's really hard to come up with hiking content in the middle of the winter, so P.O.D. has been relentlessly badgering me to call into your uh, hotline. <laughs> so, hey, what? I'm here, and figured I might as well tell a story while I'm here. So, on the Florida Trail. So, I'm uh, I'm sitting at this uh, convenience store. There's a million convenience stores along the route of the Florida Trail. And I'm sitting outside waiting for some chicken wings to finish cooking in the little nasty convenience store microwave oven type dealio that they have there and i'm sitting there and uh older gentleman walks up to me in the middle of small town florida and says to me um what so he does this like stereotypically american thing where he says the same thing but louder (laughs) and i'm still at a loss uh, I just kind of look at him blankly, and he says it to me it's real loud, real slow. Taba, Well, okay, now we're making progress. At least I understand the English words that are coming out of your mouth, but I still have no idea what you I mean. I understand. Then he is my son. Uh, okay. I guess this guy is looking for a tall boy with a bulldog and i assume that's a tall boy not like a tall boy of beer anyway so i say sorry man i can't help you and he just kind of walks off muttering to himself that was weird interesting a few minutes later he comes walking past the opposite direction and you know still no tall boy still no bulldog and i say i say something to him you know like obviously part of the reason that we misunderstood each other was the fact that you know we have different accents and stuff like that and i want to be the one to bridge the gap so i say no luck huh and he just kind of glares at me and walks in the store well guess i offended him um, a few minutes later i'm sitting there now eating my chicken wings i'm probably you know five deep and i'm working on number six you know they're greasy and not particularly appetizing but hey when you're on the trail everything's good and uh he comes walking walking past 
And he says, Dodos? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what? Remember the bulldog? Oh, okay, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, take the extra bones, give them to the bulldog if you ever find the bulldog. Um, but yeah, go ahead. And, you know, I finished number six and I put them up on top of the pile and, um, says, that one too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm done with it. Um. <laughs> oh no. I think Larry Boy got cut off because. Did he call back? Wait a minute. Looks like he did call back. We have part two here. Here we go. Larry Boy. What will happen to the bulldog? What will happen to what the chicken bones? The chicken bones. We don't know. So your stupid answering machine cut. I was getting to the fun part of the story. So quick <laughs> recap. Um, guy walks past, gets mad at me for not understanding him, then asks me if he can take my chicken bones. Yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, as I'm putting, you know, another bone on top of the pile, he says that one too. I say, sure. So he grabs the chicken bone and puts it in his mouth and starts gnawing on it. What? What? Like, I just took this bone what? out of my mouth. It's been picked completely clean. I'm a hiker. I don't leave food on the bone. But somehow he decides that it would be a good idea for him to, I don't know, extract the marrow from it. Something weird like that. Anyway. I'm pausing it real quick. I think Larry Boy has met a genuine bona fide Florida man. I think so. Uh, I, at that point, I just take all the bones and I put it into his hand. I unplug my phone and I walk away because this is getting yeah. weird. Yeah. This you, know, you, you may be tempted to think at this point, oh, it's uh, it's Florida man. You know, apparently that's the <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, I do. Which, yeah, you know, like Florida man, that, that's a prejudicial thing. We don't do that here. But if you are a longtime trail show listener, you may remember the story of Say Laurel. Yes. The uh, yeah. old crazy man who. Uh, yep. Ate uh, sweet taters chicken all these many years ago, so I can only imagine that this guy is the ghost of Satan. Oh. Anyway, I did eventually see the guy walking past with the Toba, who was about 45 years old, and the Bulldog, who looked distinctly unpleasant. Um, and our old man friend had not given the bones to the Bulldog; he was still munching on the pile of them. Anyway, that's my story. Wow. No, that was not the ghost of, of oh. St. Laurel. That was a Florida man. Yeah, St. Laurel wasn't crazy. He, well, St. No, Laurel wasn't 100% yeah, I think not he wasn't, crazy. Yeah, maybe he wasn't 100% with it. But he was also like a, you know, a, a Hills guy who grew up in a yeah. tiny town and maybe had had a brain injury or something. But, but uh, also, you're not supposed to give um, bird bones like unless they've been cooked in a pressure cooker you're not supposed to give them uh, to animals right. because they're hollow um i mean all bones have marrow in them right but but um bones of animals that fly are extremely hollow um that's how they're able to fly because they're, they're light. light and they can splinter so you're you're actually not supposed yeah. to i mean i used to give gimpy if you remember i used to give him the chicken bones but i always cooked them for right. hours in the pressure cooker first until they were like you could actually crush them with your hand. Then yeah. it's really good for them, but hmm. yeah, you're not supposed to give them bird bones. Anyway. Man, that is we by the way, Larry Boy, 
you are coming on the show this year. We've yeah. got a couple of trails we want to cover with you. And that and, was a great story, man. And honestly, crazy. we so Larry Boy just finished hiking the Florida Trail. We haven't actually covered the Florida Trail in its entirety no. since the early shows of this. And he also show. has the rib. I know. That we need to talk about. So, Larry Boy, we're just going to need you to move to Colorado for yep. a couple months, and we want you in he studio. He said it's possible. He's he's going to be doing a lot of adventuring this summer that might bring him up this way. Okay. So, yep. stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Any others? Any yeah. other calls? Are you kidding me? We've got like 100. This is great, listeners. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. We like this. This yes. is good stuff. What's up, Trail Show? This is Lemuel. Just had a, a make-a-wish kind of thing. I was wondering if you guys would ever do a uh, combo show with the Foot Stuff podcast. Mm. Uh, that would be really awesome. Sort of like when uh, the Harlem Globetrotters would come on with uh, the Scooby-Doo show, you know, on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that would make my dreams come true. By the way, who would be Scrappy-Doo? Would it be Triple O? Out. No. It'd be D-Lo. He's the smallest, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the smallest. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, absolutely. We would love to do a collab show with the Footstuff yeah. folks. Uh, we like what they do. I think they like what we do. And Lemuel has given so much to the trail show. I think we owe it to him to pursue this yeah. Make-A-Wish dream. The only issue, Lemuel, is that the Footstuff does their show in the Adirondacks of New York State. We're out here in multiple locations in Colorado. Maybe they want to do a Colorado trip. Oh, we would love to cool. have them come out for a Colorado trip. We could trip. go camping together one night and then record another night. We could host them out here. We could sleep in just in Delo's backyard. All right, foot stuffers. If you're listening, get in touch with me. Let's figure this out. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's make this happen in 2020. Yeah. I like we'll it. We'll bring Bobby Walters while well. we're at it, too. Hey, now. We got more calls. Okay. Let's go to the hotline. Um, this one, I think, is referencing the calendar oh. that we received in the mail yes. not too long ago. This is Pinup. And this is Brad Oil. And we can't believe you disrespect us so much. We pour our heart and soul into making another sassy pinup calendar for you to put in your guest bedroom, and you don't even mention it on the show. How disappointing. Yeah, what is up with that? <laughs> not every day you see a sassy man wearing a gold shirt. Right, the bicycle with a little basket in the front. We are so disappointed with you guys. What's up? We never listen to the trail show. Well, they obviously don't listen because I think I did mention it last month. We talked about it last month. But I did forget to mention it in January. So just to recall, uh, two years ago, someone sent us a calendar with sassy photos of of, uh, pinup. And then this year he sent us another one. And it's pretty funny. And I have been taking pictures. I will continue to take pictures of our trail show beer each month with the picture, with a picture from the calendar. Yeah. So, so our listeners are going to get to enjoy that calendar as well. And the best part is (laughs) the best part is that it's not in our guest room. It was in our guest room at the old house, Mm -hmm. but now it's on the bar in the kitchen, which is where everything happens in our house. So uh, everybody who comes over, they always sit there for a little bit, and then eventually they're like, what's up with this? And we have it folded back, so you can't actually see it's a calendar. It just looks like a picture. <laughs> they're like, what? What, is, what this? is this? Who is this person? We're like, hey, Trail Show. Oh, what, 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 what? Some guy we've never met. 
sent us a calendar every year of these pictures. So it's gotten a lot of great use. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. To the thanks hotline. for the calendar. Hey, Trail Show. This is Todd in Austin, Texas. Hey, y'all are talking about the Victorian Victor Knox uh, classic, the little pocket knife that Disco carried for 17,000 miles of hiking, and you guys all like it. I love it, too. I have it. But I've lost my toothpick. So do you know where I can get a replacement toothpick? Because I can't find one. And if you don't and and you're not using yours, can I have it? (laughs) (laughs) That would drive my wife and four daughters crazy if I got a toothpick from somebody else. Um, They would just say that was so gross. But anyway, all right, man. Uh, Thanks for a great show. Talk to you later. Todd, today's your lucky day. I actually have one of those toothpicks. Really? In a spare Swiss Army classic that has never been used. Shoot me an email and I'll send it to you. Really? You yeah. should send them the used one. I could, but no, honestly, I don't know that I've ever used the one in the yeah. knife that I use frequently. So yeah. um I'm not I'm not much of a toothpick guy. Yeah, me neither. You know? I don't know. It's never been my jam. I like to use pine needles. <laughs> really? Sure. The ones that break off mm-hmm. as you try to stick them mm-hmm. between your teeth. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we've got a series of eight random calls that we think are indecipherable. Oh. Um, we're going to try a couple of them. And if, in fact, the audio quality is terrible, we're going we're gonna to stop those okay. calls. But let's, let's cue them up and see if we can get anything out of this at all. This is what happens when you have a Bluetooth headset. Hello? Can I talk? Can I talk? Hey, uh, it's Brute. Heading down the 84. It's Brute. Heading down to the 2020 Asking Rough. Very God's country. I heard it from uh, the tram show by a guy that wears a kilt, <laughs> barrel looking Buddha, all good day LaRifa. Uh-huh. I want to see how it's going to be, see if it's misleading like most stuff from the trail show. But I'll give you an update. Take care. Deliberately. I'll be back. All right, that was definitely Brute. Yes, and he's he, going to the Cascade Rock. Did they have that one? I think that was one of the ones they canceled. Oh, Brute, that's a bummer, man. Yeah. So he was driving to the Cascade Rock? I, th- I think there's an... I know the one in Idaho. North Cascade. I don't know. The one in Idaho got canceled. Another one got canceled too, and I think it was the Cascade one. Okay, we don't don't know know for sure. Uh, Brute, these the audio quality is not great. It's on the road. It's you're in a car. We're gonna try a couple more of these, but we'll see. Hello. Whoa. Can I talk? Can I talk? Head down to John Kennedy. How do you get to John Kennedy? Well, you take the eighty four. Wasn't that the same, the same call? That's odd. Let's just skip down and see if they're all the same call. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, POD. Who's producing the show? Where are our interns? Hey, 
Boot here. Uh, sorry you had to go through so many takes, but that's what it's like to actually do some of my skits. Uh, I think I'm funnier than I really am, or have it down, but then I lose it mid-stitches. Uh, it is what it is, but I have fun doing them. Hope you guys have a great time. I'm really excited to go to the uh, Cascade Bucks. Um, driving there right now on the 84. Just want to say thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, if I find any good tips or uh, pit stakes, I'll let you know. Cheers. That one was that one was good enough. I think what he did was he sent multiple takes of the same thing because he was doing his character. Well, he was doing Ross Perot. Hello? <laughs> uh, uh, it sounds like he abandoned that yeah, one. Let's try this one. That's a Ross Perot reference, uh-huh. that whole can, can I, I talk? talk, can I talk thing. Hey, Trail Show, this is Bruce. Just got done with the Cascade Rucks 2020. Um, wondering what it looks like. We had breakfast, bagels, green cheese, fruits. Orange juice, coffee. Then we go into uh, how to survive on the trail. Little tiny uh, seminars on how to poop and etiquette in trails and in town. Uh, plus, you can do pack downs where you can bring your pack and uh, have a professional still do it. And there were vendors like Xenoc uh, and Six Food Design. And uh, Liz Snork Thomas was there selling her book. Snorks. Uh, along with PCT uh, Trail Association and the Sipworth West Trail Association. A couple other sponsors. Rawology, um, Sodball. It was a lot of fun. Uh, highly recommend if you have ruck in your area. I traveled uh, three hours to get to the nearest one to me, and it was worth every minute. And did I mention? Raffles. Mm. They raffled off hammocks, quilts, jackets, and hats. Did I mention they had at least 60 hats? Yes, about <laughs> 60 hats. So go enjoy a ruck. Get on the trail. All right. Thank you, Brute. So I guess the Cascade Ruck wasn't canceled. It was a different one. They canceled two, I know. But yeah. anyway. Cool. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad it was still happening. It sounds like it was a good time. Yeah, and if you didn't go to a ruck this year, try to check one out next year. It is a good value for the money. Um, it's a good value. It's a good value. It's a good value for the money, especially if you're in Michigan. All right. I think that's it for Trail Show Hotline. All right. Cool. Well, keep, Tell you what, keep let's, them coming. Let's take one last break. Yep, I like it. When we come back, we've got a special treat for you folks scott squatch harriet's it's not tales from the trail it's actually his new movie yeah it's about ireland people don't go anywhere the trail show will be back The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. Brown. 
on the hotline, Porter Ranch, Scott Squatch Harriet, go. <laughs> now, uh, I know I promised that I was going to be at the Clown Motel in Tonopah, Nevada. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I actually promised it. Well, that was our plan, but then we canceled our trip. What? Because, you know, yeah, we did. But then we rescheduled the trip. Ooh. And so now uh, we are in the fabulous Bristlecone Motel in Big Pine on 395. You're in Ooh. Nevada. Or no, uh, three, no 395. You're in Cali. Yeah, I'm in Cali. But the thing is, there is a dead clown in my room. So, <laughs> so it's, it's the same. Yeah. Oh, How you guys doing? Uh, Squatch, we're just happy to be here this evening. How are you doing? Uh, doing good, you know, uh, with everything that's going on, uh, pretty good. I think uh, adjusting pretty well and uh, taking it day by day. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Are you guys that's in the camper? No, no, no. The, the camper was uh, <clears throat> sold a little, you know, somewhat, oh, okay. a, little, a little after boondocking. Okay. And that's it? The cam- I mean, the boon- you, you got the uh, camper for one before movie? Before you go broke. Yeah, they're okay. just gonna bunk up with Ron Moak from here on out. <laughs> yeah, and then I bet he doesn't. What you snore. say? I couldn't hear. I said you're just gonna bunk up with Ron Moak from now on. Uh, how did how did you know that was on my bucket list? <laughs> <laughs> and I said I bet he doesn't snore. Yeah, <laughs> where is Ron Moak now? Is, is he? He's begun his journey. Hasn't he, he has. Last we heard, he was somewhere down the Baja Peninsula of Mexico. Oh. Okay, I didn't, oh. know, I didn't know that. He, and so, what's he gonna? Is he gonna take a ferry across? Because you know the, that yeah. doesn't connect to that's who right. he is. Yeah, I think that's what that's most crazy. folks do. They take. He's gonna buy like ten inflatable rafts at Walmart <laughs> and just uh, and hope for the over. best. Yeah. Wow. Just put he the whole vehicle on there and go for it. Porter Ranch, you're on the line. Go. So, Squatch, we watched <laughs> your movie. Yeah. And, and, and incidentally. Uh, for folks that aren't in the know, it, Squatch's most recent film, A Trail in Its Infancy, various rambles on yeah. and around the Ireland Way. Squatchfilms.com. You can download it. Thank you. Slash MX. You can purchase it right now. Yes. And you can stream it. You can stream it. What else can you do? You, you can, can download, download it. it. Will you be at DVD some it? sort of trail event with a battered white table selling hard copies of your, uh, all uh, your various you know films? What? Are you done with those days? I, I got, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to, not absolutely, but it's just because it's just so the, the, it's the percentage is downloads. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, DVDs have gone the way, uh, I'm having a better a chance of selling Betamax versions. Right. Of, uh, no, um, <laughs> you, you know, there's still some, uh, there's still some disc sales, sure, but it's just, you know, disc. people have finally, yeah, you go and you go through the the the, the air now with all that stuff, and you yeah. don't need the, what they call the hard copy, as the, the kids today call it. Squatch, where can <laughs> I get a where can I get a VHS cassette? Pull the ranch, go. Is that Larry King? That, that is. <laughs> I'm afraid that was. Yeah. So we watched uh, the wow. movie together today. Actually, do they eat okay. haggis there? No, that's Scotland. Well, I, I know that. Yeah, I, that's Scotland. Okay. That, that right, is there are some but similarities. I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. yeah, it is. It, I gotta tell I you, I know it that it's Scotland. A, uh, That's why I asked the question about Ireland. Okay. Oh. Oh, gotcha. Excuse me. Yeah, I. I no, that was for disco, well, not sure for it, you. I, I'm. Uh, I'm sure it's not outlawed in Ireland. But no, I, I was just it, wondering it, if you'd seen sure, it. At, no, I don't recall. I don't. Okay. I don't recall it being served up anywhere. 
Um, I got to tell you offhand, though, as you probably garnered from the film, that it really is a very beautiful country. Yeah. And, a, and it, and they really are seriously like the nicest group of people. Obviously, in my in my uh, uh, time on Earth, the eighty nine years that I've spent here already. I would say Armenians and Irish people are the two nicest cultures Interesting. I've ever encountered. We actually interviewed yeah. uh, Enigma tonight, and he has hiked part of the uh, Trans-Caucasian Trail. Well, when it was in its infancy, actually, um, he's been helping yeah. to build it, and he talked about the Ooh. Armenian people, too. Well, yeah, it's half the trail's in Armenia. Yeah. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And are, are, are only white people allowed on the Trans-Caucasian Trail? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think that's actually not um, the case. But but what is the case? You have to drink white Russians <laughs> while you're hiking that's the right. trail. That's, that's part of it. Wow. That sounds good. Just yeah. think that if Trump good. heard about the Trans-Caucasian Trail. Let's anyway. Let's go to a clip. Yeah. <laughs> so back to <laughs> Ireland. Sed- back to Ireland. Suddenly his favorite trail right? in the world. Uh, um. Yeah, so back to Ireland. Yeah. It was uh, we we both commented that it looked a lot like New Zealand. Uncanny. You that could have been a film about the TA, and yeah. I kid you not. Like we, I mean, immediately. Um, Although it doesn't look like uh, there was a lot, like the beaches in New Zealand. Many of them are swimmable, and they look inviting. Whereas yeah. in yeah. Ireland, it looks like you right. would you would freeze to death in about ten minutes. Yeah, in, on the northern coast, which, honest to God, as you probably noticed at the last part of that film, because that's the last part of yeah. the bit I hiked of it. It, it, it. And I was very lucky because, you know, you have to time it when you go to Ireland. June and July are good months and in August. And uh, I, I just had such great weather. And that last bit where you're on these cliffs, I would say of uh, – I'm nowhere near the number of miles you guys have hiked. You know, I'm, what, I'm closing in on 10,000. But yeah. that like thir- uh, that thirty miles is some of the most beautiful hiking I've ever done. Stunning, interesting, really, really good. And so here, my advice: if anybody's thinking about doing the entire Ireland way, whatever you do, do not do do not southbound it. Okay. Because you are go- you are going to be eating the most exquisite dessert you ever had, and then suddenly you're eating uh. at times kind of a mediocre dinner. Yeah. You know, because right. the middle of Ireland, and I talk about it in the film. I was frank about it on the on the way. You know, there's some good parts, but it gets a little redundant. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. you've got the villages, and the people are, are always great. Yeah, yeah. It's just that you know, you're going through another field. You're getting chased by some more cows, maybe right. a bull or two, and um, and that's okay if you're you know doing that. But uh, I mean, the favorite parts for me were were the were the end parts, like let's say these southern eighty ninety miles. And then the northern forty miles; those are exquisite. My take, but I, it, my take on on the oh, film, based on what you showed, was it's probably best enjoyed by skipping all of that stuff, doing sections, driving around, yes. meeting the people, and then doing that last bit. I don't know. That's kind right of what because I saw. The, the thing is, you know, Ireland is basically the size of Indiana, right? So it's not wow. Okay, and, and you and you can't go wrong when you get to the coasts. Really, any of any of the coastal places I went were all awesome. I mean, the, the cliffs of more. I just showed the brief montage there. I mean, uh, my girlfriend Corey, you know, she's traveled a bit, and and she she came over for the the ten eleven days, and she said that was the most beautiful place she's ever been in the world. I mean, it wow. just blew her away, and it, and it was really. Uh, 
stunning to me as well. So, and also another really cool part that I thought was it, it, because it was so it didn't fit the typical uh, view most people have of Ireland was the place called the Burren, B-U-R-R-E-N, yeah, yeah. where it looks more like if you didn't know where you were and you saw that, you might even think that was in Australia. Yeah, it's that limestone or, topography. Yeah, exactly. That was so cool, man. I mean, it, it's not a huge, huge area, like obviously, because it's not that big, big of a country, but that's, if you decide to go to Ireland, I really recommend that, Did you uh, get especially a, if you're in... Oh, go ahead. Uh, did you get a lot of rain? It seemed like there were several parts where, you know, it was bad Or was weather. it just gray? It, yeah. No, you... you um, yeah, when I was in the southern part, I had a few days, but I kind of liked it. That's kind of part of the charm, too. You know, yeah. you, you guys know, you know, it's kind of cool if it's raining just a little bit. And, and it wasn't hot. For... It wasn't no, hot. No, no, no. Yeah. It was always... Because uh... hot I rain mean, was, is I not think... fun. No, it's very uh, just kind of mystic. You, you, yeah. you feel like you're walking through a Led Zeppelin album, kind of, <laughs> yeah. at times. Uh, well, speaking of which, you know, the... the uh, on the northern coast, those uh, the uh, Giants Causeway, those oh, weird yeah. hexagonal columns. If you look on the cover of Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin and those little white children yeah. or whatever, that's what that fo- that's what that painting is based on. It, oh it, it, ah, it's there you go. those. I, I mean, I didn't see those white scary kids there, but the um, <laughs> well, you clearly the, didn't the take enough acid with things. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I needed the shrooms were not quite kicking in, but that's where they got that that imagery was from the giant's causeway. So that that's a must. If you, if you're hiking or not hiking the Ireland way, go there. And, and uh, sorry to say, I went there twice. Jester actually, oh, yeah. you know, was over there. Saw that. We saw dad. the cameo. Yeah. I had taped more, but it was where we went and visited uh, the causeway before I hiked to it. And I just decided to keep the footage that I used when, when I hiked there, but uh, just expect that you're going to see a lot of people because it's, it is a world a UNESCO World Heritage Site right, and right. Uh, worthy of that title because it's really it, that place should you know be protected forever. It's really really cool. Now, Scott, tell me about the hurling. Yeah, I I don't know the hurling. What's the hurling? <laughs> the hurling. Yeah, let me tell you seriously. Um, I thought it was some kind of drinking game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. No, it's what happens. Game. Yeah, but, after the drinking game, just as special. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and they're and they're. <laughs> Yeah, and they're known for their, uh, you know, uh, you know, drinking over in Ireland. And uh, but uh, I, so I'm staying at this uh, one Airbnb, and the guy who ran it, nice guy, uh, guy I forgot his name. He's in the beginning of the film. He's driving me around, showing about the tidy town. Donal was D O N A L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, he, so he's watching this, and he goes, "Oh, come on in, watch this. This is this is hurling." And dude, it is the coolest game. It's like nonstop. It's kind of it's like. Uh, lacrosse and field hmm. hockey mashed up with uh, a little bit of baseball because they're whacking this thing. They just kind of pick it up and, and, and they'll score a goal like from midfield. It, it, they have to hit it through these big uprights. So it's, hmm. it's, it, it's, it's really cool. It's really a really cool game. And, yeah. Uh, it sounds like a mix. Of, uh, it's like throwing rugby and cricket also. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. There's the physicality and like the, the, um, Oh, I forgot his name. The the the, the what the co-owner of the the hostel, the lovely couple. Who's, oh, uh, the oh one guy's okay, name. okay, that's a good. Yeah, segue. Remember when I asked uh, it? Yeah, I real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So, so I I would like to point out 
that it seems like most like a couple times and when the when the male half of that couple was talking i looked at pod yeah. and i said is he speaking english or gaelic and i kid yeah. you not like most of the irish women that spoke on camera on your film were completely understandable almost every single one except for donnell or donnell or whatever donnell. his name is donnell yeah um i the irish men were indecipherable i yeah. could the not, subtitles were super helpful i could not understand a word yeah. and and they weren't speaking gaelic they were actually speaking english and i swear to you yeah. i could not understand a word man yeah it, it is a little uh I, I don't know why that is uh i mean why male versus female yeah uh, uh difficulty or or maybe they're just you know like men generally are lazier too anyway many than guinness women. too many guinness yeah and they don't really care you know that's my language i want to live in the blah, 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 you know <laughs> or whatever I... hey we so, were a little disappointed that the first pub was not until 43 minutes into the film. yeah where was come the on. drinking of the guinness man come on throw us a bone here oh yeah. wait a minute the first the first what what, what was the it pub. The... first pub yeah you know i didn't Squatch. Well, Come you know, on. you got to go back. I, I don't know. I'm not a. I don't drink, dude. What? Remember when you came out for the uh, the, the uh, Squatch Ellipse Now? Yeah. I mean, not that I don't drink, but I'm just not a big drinker. I don't. Uh, oh, that's. I, right. I'd come on your guys' show live, and I, if I had a beer, I'd be, you know, you'd have to rouse me. I'd be dead. <laughs> so um, I don't know what that's about, but uh, the heroin addiction's going well. So that's. Uh, Hey, well, you didn't show us any that. of the Irish H dealers. I, I, no, hold up, real quick. I gotta ask: Was that gorse? Did Did oh, you yeah. encounter the plant? Yeah. Of, okay, that was the most evil and, and re, like absurd plant we encountered in all of our hiking in New Zealand. And now it oh, run, it runs there. Yeah, it actually grows better in New Zealand than it does yeah. in Ireland. But I think it originated in Ireland. Yeah. So so Irish people brought yeah. it to uh, New Zealand because they're like, what's the worst thing we could bring? Because apparently <laughs> in Ireland people use it for for fences, like right. hedges, natural natural yeah. hedges. Yeah. And so they brought it with them. Yeah. The problem is that well, in know, Ireland, um, it's cold, and yeah. the gorse only has one flowering season. It so it's control. Three flowering seasons every year in New Zealand. In New Zealand, it has three. So, so it's, it's out, out of, of control. control. Right. And luckily, I didn't encounter a ton okay. of uh, gorse on it. There are those patches. But and you, if you remember this in the film, the nastiest encounter I had was with this thistle. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, no, no, no. You know what it was? It was actually stinging nettle. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I talk about it where I act like I'm, you know, yeah. like uh, I went to slow motion. Dude, that was brutal. And here's yeah. the thing. If anybody listening to this really wants to, you know, no do the listening. Ireland way as, as a bring, seriously, bring a pair of clippers because it really is a trail in its infancy. It's It was, yeah. you know, it's these two existing trails that actually has been championed by the woman who wrote the the guidebook of kind of linking them together. And they, and they have gotten some government funding for some of the laddering that goes over into field, you know, farmers' fields and whatnot. But there's nothing like, you know, the PCTA or the AT to, to, uh, to work out those areas where it gets a little rough. So it's seriously about, a good idea. How about that guy that's been, like, trying to improve the trail on his own for, like, 20-something years? <laughs> oh, that, yeah. He had a nice hat. Well, he was... He, 
He was great. He was I mean, awesome. That guy, that's that so was... cool. Like he's just like, there's a trail here. I'm going to try to make it. You well, know, no, what it was a... boggy. What about the Jurassic Park guy? You just kind of stumbled <laughs> upon him because he had a fake he was primate. Awesome, dude. Yeah. What? Like, what yeah, was his was deal, a... man? He was just. He just lived there. He's at, he was actually, you know, an English dude, and okay. uh, over there, he, probably on the run from the law. I don't know. Sure. No, <laughs> he just he's retired. And he was just, and I, I just, you know, saw he had that gorilla. He had, he had that this fake and you know, being into Sasquatch and higher primates. And I yelled to him. I said, "I'm just getting a shot of your gorilla." So he comes, super nice, like like every, you know, like everybody. I think it's the law in Ireland. You have to be yeah. like really nice to strangers. And so he goes, "Do you want to see the dinosaur?" And I go, "Sure." And he's got that big friggin' dinosaur, and he's got a giant fake tarantula. Yeah, the tarantula was fake spooky, dinosaur. man. Oh, that was. Great. Well, I love doing that stuff in my movies. I just like to go out and do stuff and then whatever I encounter and hopefully it's something weird and cool and you know, and he was he was perfect. He was awesome. Scott, so, talk to uh, me about love- the talk to me about the donkey sanctuary. A yeah, lot of, a lot of that, donkeys that, in the movie. There's a lot of donkeys and that's a if you're deciding to uh anybody listening wants to hike the trail, definitely stop because it's literally right al- along the Ireland Way. And um it's cool, you know, because there's a lot of apparently a lot of donkeys. People get them, and then a farm goes under or whatever, and then they're left. They leave them in fields. So the huh. <clears throat> the donkey sanctuary takes them in. The, the weirdest thing that I had learned about was that, as you probably noticed, that these because donkeys were not uh, did not uh, you know the evolution of the donkey did not occur in Ireland. They were brought to Ireland from uh, arid regions. Sure. When they get into that wet, mucky stuff. Their hooves, oh, their that hooves was actually expand. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they look like elf shoes. They actually curl yeah. up, and um, so that that was weird. So uh, the people they were really cool, and you can go, you know, give twenty five euro a year, and you know, you you quote unquote adopt one, and they actually do work out things with other uh, farms that people actually want to take them in right. uh, to take care of these donkeys. So that that. That's good. It's worth a visit. It's really cool. You know, I, at first I thought you were in Tijuana, but uh, as it turns out, it was Ireland. Unbelievable. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ter- bad joke. Was, I'm you sorry. You thought that was the donkey everybody. lady that I was actually interviewing, but it <laughs> wasn't. Right. Oh, my God. Right. What else do we hey, need to know about oh, the Ireland movie? Or well, the uh, besides buying it at SquatchFilms.com, which, P.O.D., thank you again for mentioning that earlier. Yeah, it's slash, um, slash MX. Um, and I, I was going to mention real quick that hopefully uh, Disco and I have talked about this. And POD, you are obviously welcome to to join us if it comes to 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 fruition. But my new project, uh, which I want to, I hope to start within about a month, is uh, to do a thing about what I think is the most underrated state in the United States for beauty and weirdness is Nevada. Hundred percent. And so it's going to, yeah. I want to do. There are so many cool, and there's so much open space in Nevada, and so many mountains that people don't know about, especially in the northern two thirds. And yeah. you know, uh, I'll, I'll do all the hiking. And... I'll do all the hiking in Nevada. What's that? I'll do yeah. all the hiking. Well, I want to have that. I, I, I you know, I want to have um, uh, probably one or two short hikes in it. Yeah, uh, I'm only doing the long thing, hikes. You know, the, the one, <laughs> the one place I really want to go. But I can't shoot in the place, the Jarbidge Wilderness, but you can't shoot in a, in a wilderness uh, area. So of course. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe we can find part of what we can take still shots. Still shots and just weave what? them in, you know? You know, just still shots in the yeah, Jarbidge who, Wilderness. Who's the guy who came up with the Hot Springs Trail? What's his name? Zoner. Zoner. Yeah. 
Zoner, that's right. So maybe we could do part of the Hot Springs Trail. It goes through Nevada. Maybe we could. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Nevada has. No, it doesn't. Idaho has more hot springs. And Squatch, the Toyabe Crest Trail, which goes through Nevada, is supposed to be spectacular. Did Zoner come up with that one, too? It's on the Hot Springs route. Uh, Ah, okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, what's it called? The Toyabe what? Toyabe Crest Trail. And it's it's in Toyabe National Forest. Okay, that's. Seriously, sounds really cool. Like maybe yeah. we should all all three of us do that. Yeah. How I think, long is it? Um, it's I, only like four hundred miles. No, just kidding. No, 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 that's not true. It, <laughs> Squatch. All those mountain ranges are are pretty short. I, yeah. You know, I honestly, yeah. I don't want to quote a number because I don't know exactly, but it's got to be well under a hundred miles. Might even be under fifty miles. Maybe, and it, I mean, obviously, the one issue being out there would be the resupply. Well, and which water. would be virtually non. <laughs> yeah, but I Although think when you're up in the mountains, like in you're okay. Boy, I'll be Christian. Now you've got me thinking about that. That sounds yeah. actually and, really. And, yeah. and we we must. I mean, the Clown Motel has that's a must. A must yeah. stop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we're, we're, uh, Corey that'll be our base I, camp. We'll we'll, we'll go. <laughs> the clown motel is base camp. We'll just rent a room for the entire yeah, summer. We'll just rent. We'll rent a room by the month. You know, just and like we'll they... keep our clown costumes in there. <laughs> Corey's here now, just like shaking her head. And every and every eight and, days, yeah. we'll come back from I, our know, hiking. We'll my, take a shower. We'll put our clown costumes gut, on and so see what happens. My gut feeling is that the clown motel. Is to Nevada what the Doyle Hotel is to Pennsylvania in the AT. I don't know. And that, what the shy well, clown used to be to, to Monte Vista. <laughs> Colorado, right. The well, you know, Corey and I have stayed in the Clown Motel before. Oh, you've been there. And, and yeah, we I've been I've been this would be my third time if we had gone on, on this trip. Oh, this but we're you know, planning to go you, back. Man. Yeah, it, it is. But here was the one thing I kid you not. So we got this room and had two beds in it. And so we're obviously sleeping in this one bed. But then we, we look down on the other bed. I'm on the corner. I'm not kidding, dude. Sticking out of the side of is like the metal. You know you know where, where the mattress, the lower the box spring lays on? Well, that's been like torn. And now it's this jagged shard of metal is sticking out. And we're like, oh, my God. If I didn't see that, I'd have to be going to get a tetanus shot early in the morning. I mean, it was like, holy shit. And then the bathroom, remember, honey, right above the the shower, it was like just like there was a hole above the shower. I expected like Pennywise to drop down at any minute. (laughs) Or like a a bucket of tarantulas or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a definite must uh, must go to. And and then and then, dude, totally, literally right next door. And it's not fake. It's a real, genuinely creepy cemetery. Right Ooh. next door. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Come it's back really... from hiking, take our showers, have some refried beans in the room, and then we put on our clown outfits and go, go out to the cemetery. cemetery and hang out. Shoot we, some film. And we should uh, just hike in clown outfits in the Toyabi <laughs> range. That would be, It'd be something. Are, It'd you be know, warm. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's that's the new the new thing I'm uh, I'm, I'm hoping to do well, uh, this year. Count us in. Maybe. Okay, good. good. Maybe. I'll, I'll definitely ready. keep you posted. It might it. just be disco, but I'll send a Mexican clown in my doll in my stead. Oh, you know what? Good. I'll get one of the, like at the the basketball games that they used to have before they didn't. They have like 
big pictures of people's faces <laughs> on a stick. Uh, it's like 10 times what? the size of their normal face. Yeah, they, they do this when people are shooting free throws. They have like there's some guy in, in, oh, the, yeah. in the crowd with a with a face on a, you know, it's just a cutout, but it's like 10 times the size of a normal face to like, you know, throw them off. I'll bring one of those at POD and we'll hike in with it. In clown costume. Cool. Yeah. Consider no, it good. done. That's, she'll get her cameo that way. That's good. Well, Squatch, we got to uh, wrap up here because uh, people are going to start turn on, turning off the show here. So, <laughs> <laughs> But we love you. We love you. And uh, right. SquatchFilms.com, you can get... Slash MX. You can get the uh, the film about Ireland. You can also get your other films there, right? Yeah, the, the, and don't forget the one that you're in, my friend, it's, uh, about the Bigfoot trail. A Squatch, Squatch Lips Lips now. now. And the adult clown and, film. Uh, no, that was on. Yeah, in the news. That one, that one got canceled. I, oh. I didn't tell you about that. Yet. Yeah, it was too much body hair. There was some but, trouble uh, with yeah, <laughs> body. Hair. And here's a shameless plug. Okay. Another shameless plug: PCT Films, AT Film, Camino de Santiago, Iceland, and and Australia Films, as well. Everything. I've done a lot in my 87 years. Man, right. you you've got more documentary films than any documentary filmmaker I know. Yeah, it's true. And. Yeah, you know, I what else? What else am I gonna do? You know, <laughs> it's true. Um, there's always bowling. So there is. He's too old for that. He'll true. hurt his back. All right, I'll I'll let you guys go because I know you gotta you gotta interview the trekking pole. I think next. That, yep. That's right. So, please, hey, please give Charlie our best. Yes, I will. He's right here right now, laying on his back. Corey's rubbing his chest. Aww. He's doing good. He, I'll try to bring him along. Oh please, on, uh, man. Please. We gotta get we can't him. Bring him hike, Eddie. No, but we gotta get him a little clown outfit. Pod, <laughs> <laughs> so we should get him a clown outfit for Done. the uh, for the clown. We'll arrange that. That would squatch. be really Don't friendly. worry about it. We'll we'll oh. take care of that. I'm okay, gonna look man. into that. All right, man. Well, we'll see you at the clown conference. It was good talking to you, and uh, okay. happy trails. See you in Nevada. Okay, guys. Take care. Thank okay, you. Okay, squatchfilms.com. Bye bye. Bye bye. And there he goes, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen, Scott Squatch Harriet. Hey, we have one more thing to do. Do we? I I was getting ready to go to close. We have an update from um, her Odyssey. Oh, do we have audio? Yeah, you just got to plug it in here. Well, hand it over. And then press play. What's up, Trail Show? This is Fidget and Neon <gasps> from her Odyssey. And by the sweet, sweet sounds of the background, the singing birds, the periodic rooster, the music. You may be able to tell that we are in Mexico. Where, Andale! In La Ciudad, mm-hmm. outside of Durango, Mexico, yeah. in Durango State. Mm-hmm. A little um, wood-cutting town. What's Logging? that word? Logging. <laughs> Logging. As you can see, my English is excelling after about two months in Mexico. Do you want to tell my time in Mexico started and stuff? Yeah. Okay. So we started <laughs> on my birthday. This it's is your Neon, birthday. Um, at the beginning of January. And we biked south from Tecate um, well, along the Baja Peninsula. And then we finished Tecate from Baja, from Tecate to uh, La Paz. And then we took a ferry across to the mainland. And we've this is day four on the mainland. Uh, yeah, from Mazatlan. The Baja is a butt kicker. I think it's pretty 
impressive that Wolverine walked that. But fortunately for <laughs> us, we came on the tail end of a pretty wet year. So we had a lot of swimming holes and some um, ran into some pretty nice ephemeral water sources. Got to swim in a waterfall. Mm. Um, it was really beautiful, but it was also really challenging. And also switching over, cheating on backpacking with bike packing has been a challenge um, just in terms of... Um, I love it. <laughs> and Teresa, as as Birdie, um, our third partner on this leg of the journey, put it, you're rolling along on top of balloons through a cactus landscape. So that was a lot of fun. But um, that's why you go tubeless. Yeah, but we have traded in cactus for pine over the last two and a half day bitchin' climb. <laughs> we went from sea level at Mazatlan to we're at eight thousand feet. We're around 8,000 feet in elevation. Yeah. Nice. Heading up to Durango. Into the Sierra Madres, the Occidental range. The Sierra Madres have three different ranges. The Occidental, Oriental, and Sur. And this is actually the chain of mountains that he mentions, that Chris McDougall mentions in Born to Run, that made oh, me fall yeah. in love with the idea of this journey. Um, it involved going through the Sinaloa Department, or State, um, which Ooh. is a level four security advisory. But, yeah. Um, from the State Department's website. Yeah, we were reading up on that stuff. Um, Sinaloa State POD. Yeah, they skipped that. Oh, I thought you just said they went through it. No, no, no. That's where one of the mountain ranges go th- goes through. That's why they went down to Baja to La Paz and then over to Mazatlan. So yeah. that they wouldn't have to go through Sinaloa. Oh, I got you. I got yeah. you. Okay. And it was definitely a be aware type environment, but the few folks that we... Um, interacted with much were very kind and um, interested in helping us stay safe then we crossed into Durango yesterday maybe they did go through a portion of it kept climbing more climbing (laughs) so we had like from Mazatlan we went along the beach and then went up and then had a consistent climb for a full day Mm. Um, and then yesterday as we were getting towards the top of this this high mesa, we started kind of lumping around where we would go up and then hit a downhill for a while and then go up and then hit a downhill and then go up. Uh, but the rocks here reminded all of us, all three of us have done the CDT, and it just reminded us of, like, the Gila wilderness. Huh. Um, Interesting. And just the smells and the, the New rock Mexico formation. General, yeah. yeah, it was very New Mexico-y. Um, it's just it's gorgeous and i'm really excited to be up here so um yeah we're keeping on keeping on you got anything i like that music in the back yeah yeah well gotta go fart around with our bikes a little bit more um and we'll check in with you guys next time have a good one trail show her odyssey out i'm hoping that they uh stay ahead of the coronavirus as it is uh, not much in Mexico just yet, right, as, right. as we're recording the show, and uh, so hopefully they they st- not stay, much stay in healthy. Canada. No, but I mean they're going south, so yeah. hopefully they can um, stay pretty healthy. And uh, you know we've we've pointed our listeners to her Odyssey in the past, um, and they're going to keep going. I think they have to get down to somewhere in Nicaragua, so they still got a I don't know another month or something on this journey. If you want to follow along. Um, and their website and and if you become one of their patreon supporters yeah. you you get a uh, unique access to some of their videos so that's kind of cool they make stuff for just their patreon um users donors 
and they actually, you know, it, you know, I'm not into funding other people's adventures generally, but, um, I will say, like I said in the past that they are providing content and educating us who are following along about kind of how the rest of the world lives. And they are also passing along part of the donations they get to nonprofits and, just kind of personal missions that they find along the way. So it's pretty cool. Um, If you find yourself in a situation uh, where you can financially support them, even if it's just a couple bucks a month, uh, I encourage you to do that because uh, it's worth it. Yeah. And I tell you what, we also, we haven't heard from moon kid in a while, but I did just get a clip from him. So we're going to go to that right now too. The man or beast (laughs) that I run from ain't been born. And his mama's already dead. I'm sorry. I, that was the wrong clip. And as it turns out, I actually don't have a clip from Moon ah. Kid. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Uh, well, I can get, I actually can't give you an update. We we have message, but I know he's been running a lot. He just did a 50K race, I think. Yeah, he completed it. So, you know, he's, he's Moon Kidding out. Biden being serious. Staying in shape. Biden his time until the weather gets warm enough to come back and resume the journey. And then he'll have his two-month window to do all of Canada. <laughs> Hopefully he's got more than that. You never know. Yeah. But yeah. TBD. TBD. All right, folks. We want to thank everyone for tuning in today. We realized that this was a different kind of show. An all-call-in show. We've never done that before. But we did it tonight. That's right. Big thanks goes to Enigma for talking to us about his hike of the Trans-Caucasian Trail. The TCT. Yeah, Trans-Caucasian. You always leave out the S. Oh, sorry. Trans-Caucasian Trail. There you go. Big thanks goes to Kevin from Four Points Bars for talking to us about all the good things they have going on. Thanks ye to Squatch for speaking to us on his new film on the Ireland Way, which is available for purchase right now at SquatchFilms.com. Thanks and praise goes to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a trail show koozie and some stickers for a $15 more donation at thetrailshow.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Trail Show and on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show. We're on the Stitcher app, the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iTunes, anywhere you get podcasts. We're not on Spotify. We may be on Spotify soon. TV. We don't know. Another trail show is coming gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in April with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for POD, DLO, Special 41, Triple O, Squatch, Enigma, and the good folks at Four Points Bars, I'm Disco. Ciao. Ciao. And thank you to Rhino for the California beers and to The Weekend for uh, the Florida beers. <laughs> the Weekend. <laughs> I like that. And also thanks to Special. I mean, he had to exert monumental effort to, you know, call in for with his hangover from hell. Yeah. And we didn't hear from Triplo tonight, but uh, he's on some much-needed vacation. So, yeah. Hope you're having a good time out there, Triplo. We'll catch you in April. That's right. Hopefully we'll catch everyone in April. And to everybody else out there, social distancing is important. We got to... Even if you think you're healthy, we got to try to stop this thing so that the people who are medically fragile can stay healthy, too. Wash your hands with both soap and water. Yep. That's what we've been told. So that's what we're doing. That's right. We're also drinking some beers. 
Because we heard half a pint a day will make you healthy. So Eight we ounces. figure if we drink six pints, then that'll make us even healthier. <laughs> That's right. Like you just double or triple or quadruple whatever the recommended. That's right. Yeah. All right. I think that's a show. Let's pack it up. You want to go home? Oh. I oh. think we are home. We are home. Okay. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next month. Ciao. Dilla John. And, uh, I, I know I sound good. I always sound good. I'm not much of a toothpick guy. You're going through another field. You're getting chased by some more cows, maybe right. a bull or two. And, um, and that's okay. You want to see the dinosaur?